Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford. That's my dog back there. He's going to hang out with us this evening. And today is a huge, very special day because we are reviewing, full spoiler reviewing, the Shadow of Kyoshi novel. Not just reviewing it. We're going to take it step by step, basically the same way that we would do any any episode. So it is going to be a big process, a lot of detail, but we both really, uh, spoiler alert, both enjoyed the book. So it's going to be a lot of fun as well. Uh, pretty much just going to introduce it. I'll let Chris give a few like opening words of wisdom before we jump in. And then we also, one really quick news note, if you will, is that Legend of Korra is coming to Netflix on August 14th. That is a Friday. So book that weekend, binge the whole show, because that's we're going to talk about that on August 14th. That's right around the corner. It's very exciting, but I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Chris, do you want to give any opening thoughts on Shadow of Kyoshi? Opening thoughts. I've been. I'm really excited to get into this with you, Sean. Um, if you guys haven't yet watched our Rise of Kyoshi spoiler recap review, go and watch that. That's also about a good in-depth two-hour recap of it. And for those who did watch it, thank you very much for watching it. It was uh, it was really fun to do. Like honestly, I didn't think video that long and very specific about Rise of Kyoshi would do as well as it did, um, performance-wise and audience-wise. So thank you for watching that. And I hope you enjoy this one as well. And and this will pretty much do it the same way. Probably a little bit more um, structured this time. We'll go chapter by chapter, go over some recaps, how we feel about things. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just get into some big, huge spoilers, talks about it. And then Thanks. at the end there, we'll talk about know, our favorite moments, favorite characters, favorite revelations, things like that. Spoiler alert. The whole way, super duper spoilers. If you don't want those, stop now. We do have a non-spoiler review. It's like 20 minutes long that we posted last week. Um, so if you haven't read it yet or you haven't finished yet, go check that one out instead. Uh, because we, you know, no spoilers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. In that case, I'm I'm ready whenever you are. Let's let's get cracking. All right. Chapter one. I won't say that every single time. <laughs> but <laughs> chapter one. Can you do like in a like a different impression each time, like Morgan Freeman, Chapter One, Prologue. <laughs> chapter One, Prologue. Perfect. Boy, Yoon clawed at his own neck until he drew blood. <laughs> the feeling of slime and teeth lingered on his skin. Boy, stop your sliver, sniveling. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you have to do it the whole the whole podcast now. It's, that's the voice. <laughs> This would be me reading this whole book in a Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> I would be, I would, I would listen. Absolutely, I'd listen to the whole thing. I think there's already an audio book out of the book, but well, did like, there'll be Freeman some random. Read it? Yeah, there'll be some random, like very small segment of Avatar fans. Like, yeah, there's the you know regular audio book version, but did you did you find the bootleg Morgan Freeman version of it? Really hard to find. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. It's just not popular. Yeah. Like, it's easy to find. It's just, it's, you know, not, not <laughs> prominent. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, anyway, prologue is really all about Yoon. It takes place right after Yoon is taken by the spirit that was able to tell who the avatar was between Kyoshi and Yoon. And it picks up right off that point. Pretty much, Yoon is confronting the spirit. The spirit's name is Father Glowworm. And that's all we know really from this chapter. This chapter was really just putting us right in the mindset of Yoon. 
like a nice way of doing the last time on Rise of Kyoshi without recapping mm. the whole story, just putting you back in the shoes. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think it was good to get to to get that point because you would have easily kind of forgotten all about Yoon because like so much happens in, in that book. Although Yoon does come at the end of Rise of Kyoshi. Um, a lot of names, though, in that whole book in general. There's a yeah. lot of names that even I, for you know, I claim it's like my favorite novel, and I still a lot of new characters and names to remember. So, yeah, good read, read um, the prologue. Yeah, but one, the one thing about the it kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger. This chapter does because Father Glowworm is pretty much like sizing up Yoon, like he's about to attack him. Also, Father Glowworm wants to get to the human world for some reason or another. I kind of forgot that. I think just to be an a-hole. I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, there's no real motivation there. <laughs> um, but the end of this chapter kind of leaves you on a, uh, kind of gives you a, red, a, um, a misdirection and also a cliffhanger. Because in there, Father Glowworm is talking to Yoon and they're kind of arguing or bickering back and forth. And eventually, uh, Father Glowworm is like, now be grateful, for we are about to become one. And so you kind of have that in your head, that Yoon and Father Glowworm are going to become uh, maybe kind of a, like a new avatar, or at least a spirit-slash-human hybrid, who Father, who Father Glowworm is going to uh, be in full control of. That's way more than I interpreted out of it at the time. I was just like reading words. <laughs> the thing is, sometimes when I'm reading a book, I find myself just reading words and not necessarily like, oh, wait, crap, what's going on here? Especially when there's like a description going on. But Yeah, I, I do that frequently, even when I like yeah. books. So, oh, well, there's the prologue for you. Excellent, excellent uh, teaser, excellent taste. So the real yeah. chapter one. Uh, you know, I'll yes. let you read the chapters. Chapter 2. Unfinished Business. Well done. Brother Poe once told Kuji the nickname for the Dao Sword was All Men's Courage. Hold the sturdy chopping blade that let you hack away at your foe with abandon, and you'd feel braver immediately. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I was curious as to how long you're going to keep going. I was just listening Maybe I'll just him. read the first couple sentences of each chapter <laughs> that way. <laughs> Just to get yourself that in will, the mood of that chapter. That will either make people mad or make people happy. <laughs> it's going to be very polarizing, but we'll take it. We're risky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I find these couple of first chapters, including this unfinished business chapter, to especially this unfinished business chapter, to kind of be um, the dark night of, of Kiyoshi, right? Like, to me, this is Kiyoshi... In her prime, after her first couple of years, in her in her peak, like she's the avatar, she's doing doing out justice left and right. Like reminds me a lot of the Dark Knight scene. Um, you know, Batman is taking people out. Like some people are like, oh, like um, he, he's a myth, like he's a legend. And I feel like Kyoshi is very much that way. <laughs> in this one, I feel like people don't even necessarily know all about her quite yet. I mean, her avatar hood has really only been in, like, two years. Um, but, yeah, and just the way she takes people out, that's just, like, this relenting freaking army of, of a woman is is uh, really impressive. 
missing some detail then, in there though. I was sad that in those first in these first couple, the chapters are going to run together for me until we talk about them. But that in her uh, in her actual combat in these chapters, that there wasn't a little more detail. Like one, yeah, you kind of get yeah. the detail from from the in, where you don't get it because you're like in the perspective of a guy inside a building. It's outside. Yeah, uh, that was a little weird. Basement, and it just ends on like a. I'm like, uh, all right, but it's not going to be a fair fight, even though it's one on however many. And then it doesn't tell. Like, there's a couple of times. I'm like, come on, give me something. But it's all yeah. right. It's okay. It's minor. <laughs> so, so Kiyoshi is um, taking out these these uh, Dalfei, essentially. Uh, I won't say they're Dalfei. Maybe they're part of Dalfei. Uh, these so. criminals. Yeah, these criminals. She's taking them out. And eventually, she gets to their head balls. And it's none other than Moke. And Moke was in Rise of Kyoshi. They called him like Uncle Moke. <laughs> and um and he got away because he was like the second in control in the Dalfei to uh Zhu, who Kyoshi killed. And they have I really like their banter back and forth. Cause it's kinda like <laughs> Moke is really scared of her. But at the same time, he he's still trying to uh, on a make digs at her. Uh, he he blames her. He like um he um he says stuff like, "Oh, well, you murdered Zhu," and then that that pisses her off. But she's like, uh, first of all, it was a fair fight. Like we both went into the fight with the rules of engagement. He was going to kill me as per the rules, and I killed him as per the rules. There was no murder about it. this. Is a <laughs> we. Yeah, we knew what we were getting into. Probably just don't pick fights with avatars would be my first uh, suggestion, I suppose. Yeah. And then uh, she has a couple of BA moments in this. Um, you know, there's a part where Yoon is... Uh, I'm sorry, not Yoon. Moke is like... all He finally gets like all of his army in there. And Kyoshi is just like... Alright, listen guys. You guys need to go turn yourselves in. And they're like, we refuse. And then she says, all right, then. In that case, I have only one question. Are you sure this is all of you? If not, I can wait until everyone arrives. I don't want to have to go back in and check each floor. <laughs> and then it just says, like, and, and this is the part where I, I think you're getting at that they didn't really describe a lot of fighting. because It just says, the hatchetman charged from all directions. Kyoshi drew one of her fans. Two would have been a bit much. And there's a space. And then Kyoshi stepped over the groaning bodies. So it just skipped over her taking out all those people, which that would have been cool to see. I'm going to fill in the detail, though. It was actually very smooth and quick, at least in my head. And she's such a powerful bender. And, you know, I assume that a lot of these Daofei are benders as well. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe some, maybe none. But that she's so powerful that she just, like, lifted the floor because they're in the ground floor. Uh, like, the entire yeah. floor of the whole room around her. And she just lifted it and started, like, <laughs> like crushing them just enough to like make them unconscious and then lowered it back down. So she just had a good spread of bodies all around her, uh, where it went, you know, where they wound up when she started not killing them. That's what I did. That's what I said in my head. There wasn't a lot of martial artistry. It was quick and clean because she's got stuff to do. Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, at that point, milk is beaten, but there's like this random person, and who's like sneak up, sneaks us on Kyoshi, and he's like about to kill her, but then he realizes it's Kyoshi, <laughs> and it's oh, I forgot his name. 
it was uh, one of the creepy guys who was like the third in command uh, with the Dalfei, with the yellow necks. But he was the one, like, when Kyoshi went into the Avatar State and everyone, and after she killed you and everyone ran away, he just stood there, like, staring at Kyoshi as, like, a god. And he bowed to her. And then she just yelled, get, leave, or something like that. And he left. And then this one, he, like, he stops what he was about to do because he realizes Kyoshi. And he, like, it says, uh, Wei bowed his head to the ground and prostrated himself before the Avatar. <laughs> I gotta love that. Like, and to me, again, this is like the Dark Knight, right? Like, we we're getting villains um, that were in the previous installment, like in in that first scene in the Dark Knight. Like, it's the Scarecrow. In this case, it's Zhu and uh, and uh, and Wei. I'd forgotten totally that it was that guy. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. That's fantastic. Yeah, I would say yeah. like third in command underway or under uh, Moke. Uh, and that's pretty much the the story. Um, some cops come in, and they're dirty cops because they use this opportunity to like evict poor people. And Kyoshi doesn't stand by that. She pretty much beats them all up, and everyone is still afraid of her. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all it's very Batmanish, you know, taking out dirty cops. That's pretty classic, Batman. Absolutely. Yeah. Next chapter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that much. I don't think these early chapters, there's that much on story things necessarily that's take away or anything like that. All right, chapter three, The Invitation. People who complained about how long it took to travel across Bossing Say were usually factoring in the congestion. That wasn't a problem for Kyoshi. Crowds tended to part out of her way like grass before the breeze. <laughs> um, in the invitation, and, and again, this is the the Batman, right? So, so in the Dark Knight, after like Batman beats up the Scarecrow, puts him in jail, he goes back to the Batcave, and Alfred there's like tend his wounds, and Alfred is pretty much like, "Listen, you're going to kill yourself doing all these things. You got to take care of yourself. You should go have a happy life. Things like that." Jinpa is the Alfred. And to Kiyoshi. Jinpa is like both of them are like trying to take care of their superhero and they're underappreciated. They're underpaid, even though they're the type of people who don't care about money anyway. They but they deserve raises nonetheless. Um and the superheroes are very ungrateful to them for the most part. Or at least they don't show affection on the outer and the inner side like you even hear Kyoshi's thought process at a certain point like oh you know what he deserves a raise I shouldn't yell at him but on the outside she doesn't treat him the best all the time uh, they, they, they grow as the, as the book goes on it's fine they grow yeah their relationship is probably one of the more amusing pieces of the book yeah it's kind of yeah uh, I, I like I like Jimpa because Jimpa is a he's an air nomad, but he doesn't have like the most air nomad qualities, which we'll get into that as the chapters go on. He's but, not uh, like Jimpa a real evangelical air nomad. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jimpa is her assistant. He keeps like all of her on. Him. He's he's her assistant essentially. Like I said, his her Alfred. 
Um, it is important to note, like they they put in a little bit of foreshadowing, or just to set up that Kyoshi isn't the best at healing herself. Like she can heal herself, but she's like terrible at it. It's not the way it's supposed to look. And stuff. She just kind of ragtaggedy heals herself. Heals herself. It seems to fit the character too, right? Like in my mind, healing is like a very precise, like refined art, and the type of thing that she just wouldn't be very good at. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so Jeppa handles all her letters stuff and all her requests. Like she gets all these requests from the Earth Kingdom because they want to like pretty much flaunt her or, or use her one way or another and Kyoshi hates that. And and I love that aspect of Kyoshi. She's just she just doesn't care about all that stuff, nor is she good at it. <laughs> like, not all avatars are, are the same, which again, I love that aspect of the avatars. Like, Korra wouldn't be you know, the best at these things. And really, neither would Aang. Aang might be, like, too... I wouldn't say... Uh, uh, older Aang might be different, but younger Aang, I feel like he's a little bit more naive. But yeah, I'll go... And he does want to... I don't make people feel sad. Like, yeah, I'll go visit this person. I'll go check this out, check this out, check this out. While Kiyoshi's like, I'm not going to do this favor for this one nobleman who just wants to have high praise from other people. I don't think Aang would be real good at picking his battles early on. Yeah. yeah, especially Leon. I think Adult Aang would be able to handle it just, you know, just fine. Uh, oh, she gets invited uh, to the Fire Nation by the Fire Lord himself, and uh, and she and she's really excited about this because she gets to go back and meet uh, Rongi. I got really excited when I heard it's Fire Nation. I was like, yes. Yeah, it feels like we haven't been in the Fire Nation in a, in a while. I mean, because Korra didn't take that much place in the Fire Nation. Now, the comics goes to the Fire Nation fairly often, but it, I don't know, it, just, it doesn't feel as Fire Nation-y for some reason. It's Fire Nation. But, <laughs> well, this and, is prequel yeah. Fire Nation, so it's got a weird... And I kept... I don't know, we'll get to it when we get to it, but it's like it, it, it did a nice job of like painting a picture of something where you're, like, you're waiting on something really big to happen, uh, but you're not sure what. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she's like, all right, I, I will accept the invitation. And she kind of smiles and everything because uh, she, she just wants to get back to uh, to Rangi. I'm pretty sure Jinpa's on to her from the start, but that's okay. Didn't change. Didn't change anything. All right, next chapter, Past Lives. Jinpa's bison Ying Yong had only five feet instead of the usual six. As a calf, he'd been attacked by a predator and lost his left forelimb. As an adult, the injury caused him to, to list slightly to the side when he was flying, which required Jimpa to give a gentle tug with the reins in the opposite direction every so often to maintain a straight course through the air. <laughs> poor Ying Yong. Yeah, poor, yeah, poor little bison. No, yeah, so sad. Um, I feel like not that much happens in this besides Quark uh, being the worst avatar. <laughs> that he is not good at communicating. <laughs> like, can you even make like, a connection right, Kurt? Come on. Like, I, I mean, I get it. it's it's half it's it's half Kyoshi's fault. It's it's a two way street, right? Like, if we think about Aang, 
Neither wasn't one real good at the spiritual communication. I get it. Yeah, I mean, even if you had Roku and Aang, Roku I would think was fairly good spiritual. Um, Aang is a very spiritual person, but he never knew about how do you commune to your past lives. Um, like it took the winter solstice for them to talk. It was like just the winter solstice, and that did it. I don't think. I think maybe they mentioned that Kyoshi tried something like that, and it still didn't work. Yeah, I think it said she like tried in secret once or twice and wasn't wasn't going well or some something akin to yeah. that. What she said <laughs> is very familiar. So what Quirk does, Quirk just like slams on the door to her psyche <laughs> out of nowhere and doesn't just knocks her out cold. Yeah, pretty much. Right, like doesn't she? She falls off the bison while they're flying. Just uh, or almost fall, falls off, or almost falls off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it says, um, so Kyoshi is just talking to to uh, Jempa, and, and like just mid sentence, it's just Kyoshi. She screamed as a bolt of pain drove into her skull. From temple to temple, it seized her by the neck and scored her vision into a blur. Her hands went limp and lost their grip on the saddle. Kyoshi killed over the edge of the edge and fell off the bison. Her ears filled with the sound of her own name. <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> so, And the thing about this book, right, is it sets you up to make you keep thinking, like, man, Kirk is just. And their last book leaves you on the on the note that like Kirk was terrible. Like he left his own friends in a state that the world um, would would fall into chaos. He's terrible at communicating to Kyoshi. And Kyoshi hates Quirk as well because she kind of blames him for her life. Although, if or he didn't least, die, like, at least like the team avatar repercussions that it had on her, at a minimum. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so Quirk is like trying to communicate to her. He just says, "Kyoshi, Kyoshi, Kyoshi, you must. I can't." It can pass. And it's just little bits of things. Oh, Kyoshi, need your help too. <laughs> Which we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that need your help too point later. Um, and so Jimpa is pretty much like, hey, what was that? And Kyoshi is like, oh, it's, it's nothing. Every now and then Kirk like, just tries to communicate with me. And it just really hurts my body and mind. But it's nothing. I'll get over it. <laughs> It's just a little spiritual assault that also has physical repercussions. I wouldn't even worry about it. It's no big deal. A little aspirin. Yeah. He he was trying to tell me something, and she the thing is she I feel like she has such little respect for Cork that whatever he's trying to tell her, she's probably like, it's not all that important. As as would we. As would we. Yeah. Um, and she says usually not this bad. It wasn't so painful the last couple of times. It says, Jimpa's jaws threaten to unhinge and fall into the ocean. It's like, these episodes have happened before, and you haven't told me? Kyoshi, an avatar communing with her past selves is supposed to be a hollowed experience, not a life-threatening seizure. (laughs) (laughs) And and again, I love the lore, or just the little details that they drop into about, like, oh, you know, being able to talk to your past lives, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And like it's supposed to be like a very spiritual experience, and for her, is the complete opposite. 
this is like oh. a is like a Harry Potter moment for me where it's like Jinpa knows more about you than you do. You the Avatar, yeah. not you Kyoshi, of course. Um <laughs> and then just the way he reads like whenever all those things happen to her, when she ever whenever Quirk is trying to get in touch with her, just like all I was getting was jagged fragments of Quirk and only Quirk every single time. <laughs> Eventually she stopped trying to commune to Quirk. Um and says she hadn't been the greatest admirer of Quirk anyway. And if he was the only past life out of thousands generations willing to make into contact with her, then she would do it. And she could do without it. <laughs> uh, and she pretty much just says, it. it's not a big deal. She said that to Jempa. I can never tell what he's trying to say. And, if, and Jempa says, if an avatar of the past has a message for you, it's usually of the utmost importance. And then she's like, fine, fine. I'll get somebody to tell me how to be a good spirit in the person. And it makes that's one of the times that Kyoshi like yells at him for uh, for no good reason for him trying to be <laughs> genuinely helpful and useful and yeah. meaning no harm whatsoever. Not to mention, how hard can it be to find somebody who knows how to contact previous avatars? That's all over the place, probably. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So that's pretty much that chapter. Again, like yeah, the story story might be I don't know, a little bit more slower, I think, than than the shadow of I'm sorry, than the rise of Kyoshi. Remember the I mean, rise of Kyoshi did like it started slow, like maybe more interesting because we got to see that who's the avatar and then we being, you know, in the present knew that it was gonna be Kyoshi, so it's like interesting of how they're gonna get there. Yeah. It started slow and then at some point, you know, things snapped into action. This one just doesn't yeah, have think, like the same sort of hook in the early going as we had previously. Yeah, I think for people who might read both books and aren't familiar with the Avatar world, which that would be weird. Like, I'll be really <laughs> curious if anyone is actually like, "Oh, I've never read Avatar. I never watched the show either show before, but I decided to pick up this novel." Like, I, I want to find that person and and pick their brain and ask them bit. why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I bet you're one of those, uh, the Jim Gaffigan joke where he's like, those people that always say that the book is better than the movie. You know, my <laughs> favorite thing about the movie is no reading. <laughs> Just kidding. I like reading. Um, yeah, they both definitely kind of go a little slower. But yeah, with Bratsa Kyoshi, you just got that, that uh, you know, your inside information keeps you hooked it on it. Because you're like, how you're going to get to the place where you know it's going. Yeah. All right, next chapter, The Reunion. It was strange to think that getting closer to a string of active volcanoes would make them feel better. But here, they were approaching the Fire Nation. <laughs> um, and, uh, and this chapter pretty much comes down, I feel like, to the Rangi. Rangi, sorry. Rangi is actually the right pronunciation. And I only know that because I have the audiobook to Rides of Kyoshi. I'm glad and, that yeah. the audiobooks got an answer for some of these questions. But I think, in in our defense, I think we had settled on we thought Rangi last year. I think so. I think we were. Oh, somebody fact check that. Thank you. Somebody go listen to that. <laughs> hey, two hours. Joel, 
fact check that for me. <laughs> so like I, I listen to the Scrubs podcast and like they have like producers on it. And like every now and then they'll be like, hey, can you go look this up? What episode did I have my shirt off for the first time? And then like the person would be like, go and look it up. It was episode two, Donald. Episode two. Like I know we don't have fat checkers. Sometimes here. when I listen to other podcasts and I like I don't know why I get sort of a weird pride where I'm like, you know, I'm having so much fun listening to these guys. We probably bring the same level of joy and quality to people, right? <laughs> and then they'll like yell at a producer and overlay like an audio clip or something really clever and easy. And I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> um, and they're fancy Patreons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever have. I don't know what it would take me to get like a Patreon. At, at I, mean, a certain I, I don't... point, you would almost have to just for like the legitimacy and and like credibility. <laughs> like why you know why not? Even if you did it for for some other reasons, but I don't I don't think that's in our near future. <laughs> not as a podcast. You as a YouTuber Maybe. individually are closer to it than we as a podcaster. Yeah, I mean, I've made, I think like a, maybe like a grand now off of YouTube. So that's nice. cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, whole whole stimulus check. Almost. Um, I need to make a new video because, like, I can tell the I can tell when people started watching Avatar <laughs> and it's going down. Now. Like I've watched like it. a real big spike. Well, uh, get one out in the next uh, two weeks. Game. I'm saying that like I'm is, your manager or something, but no, it'd be a good idea. Yeah, I'm currently writing as the script for um, for my Nets um, videos. It's about Avatar Cork and and uh, his life and, and times and struggles and what we can learn from it. Um, granted, I don't think that's going to do as well as who did Zuko marry. <laughs> no, that was a big one. That was a big one for sure. Um, or no, who, think... who Saga married? Or Korra versus Aang? Hopefully in that Venn diagram but... of people interested in in the legend of Korra and people who are interested in this book and there's a lot of crossover that you can still hit in there with any avatar content at that time yeah uh, okay so reunion so most of this chapter is just like descriptions of the fire nation and how kyoshi is like i don't know, interpreting them or or whatever which that part's kind of boring to me honestly mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it, it, in short it builds up that this sort of like a proud uh, I don't know how it's like a very um, proud, proud nation. It's, it's, meticulous national um, yeah, army kinda, driven perfectionist um, and that's that's majority of what it's what it's getting in yeah I mean like yeah those are the parts that I'm just like reading <laughs> and, just taking yeah. in words yeah so eventually they land in the fire nation they get to a, a big gate and I like how they describe this it's like they came to a heavy barred, unbendable iron gate. There were a few holes. And also, anyway, Kyoshi wondered if she was supposed to knock before whatever, whatever. Anyway, somewhere inside, the gears of the heavy gate started lifting. The gate moved not outward or inward, but straight up. A girl stood on the other side, revealed by inches, as if she were too much of a person. And then eventually it's, uh, it's shown to be Rangi. And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, and, and their reunion is it's pretty cute. Um, Rangi says, I had to sprint over here. And then Kyoshi says, is that how you did it all the time? Because Rangi would always, for some reason growing up, be right 
by Kyoshi, but Kyoshi wouldn't see her sneaking up on her. Like, she's like yeah, right around the corner. Yeah. And usually she's not out of breath, but she's like, I must be lacking in my training. But I really liked uh, it. It was like a stealth mission of like uh, when she pulls her. Is that this corner when she uh, this chapter when she pulls her around the corner and she's like, it's the one spot where the guards can't see. And it's like she's been playing Metal Gear Solid or something. Yeah, it says like the illusion was kind of broken for Kyoshi, knowing she'd simply been running at top speed from place to place, <laughs> hurt the mystique a little. <laughs> it's it's kind of like like in relationships, you start to know more about the person, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this person that I've kind of put on a pedestal isn't as, um, I don't know, is you know they're human, right? Like, I'm only gonna say this because I know my wife will never listen to this episode. But my wife's hair is very straight. And then, like, when we would go on dates, like, on a real date and rare occasion in college, when we would, like, cobble together $30 to go to Applebee's or whatever. <laughs> and she would curl her hair. And she always seemed like she complained about it, like, the process and everything. I never knew how she did it. It was lots of hairspray. It wasn't until we got married that she told me or demonstrated, I guess. She just, like, doesn't wash her hair the day before. And then just like a can of hairspray. That's how she gets it. And I was like, you know what? That actually does hurt the mystique a little. So when Kyoshi was saying this, I empathized right away. I was like, I get it. It's it it hurts a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, I kind of want to note um, Kyoshi's a little nervous coming here because she's like, "What is our relationship like?" Like she she doesn't know. It's been two years since the events of Rise of Kyoshi. Um, she got another girlfriend the, or whatever who should have known. Yeah. Um, so eventually, Rangi says, at least I don't have to worry about the other fire nationals seeing me right now. The only blind spot in the defenses is right here, directly under the gate itself, which means I can do this. And it says that she, uh, you know, she gives a nice searing kiss to Kyoshi. And then <laughs> we'll move right to the next chapter of cultural diplomacy. The end of that chapter. That's when I like I am doing Jamie from my terrible internet, and that stuff hit me right in the feels. Ah, okay, got me feeling really uh, good. So uh, let's paint the scene. Kyoshi just got kissed by her love of her life, not knowing if she was still love of her life. Kyoshi forgot what she was supposed to be doing, <laughs> where she was, which way was up. Memories faded before the warmth of Rangi's lips. The two of them melted into each other, alloyed. And then in supreme display of cruelty, as far as Kyoshi was concerned, Rangi broke it off and took a step back. Welcome to the Fire Nation Avatar. It just describes... I just like... I feel like we've gotten more into the mindset of Kyoshi. And this. Kyoshi's like, wait, what? Um, hold, on a, hold on a minute. Let's go back to what we were doing before. And then this official Welcome to the Fire Nation Avatar stuff. Like, he did it out of order or something. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> and then... Yeah, then and they kind of um, meet up. Jimpa then uh, meets them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they, they kind of take a nice tour of the Fire Nation... I don't think Jimpa's been there before. Um, and neither has Kyoshi. And yeah, they go on this tour. They meet up with a uh, like a Fire Nation I don't know, historian guy. 
And he tells them a bunch of Fire Nation history. And it's not horribly exciting. I like the Fire Nation history aspect of it. Like I said, the, the, one of the, in our non spoiler view, one of the things I loved about this book was that it was like a Avatar Wikipedia. I just like consuming more Avatar uh, history and world building. Um, and so for me. No, go ahead. I was like, just for me. So, so for me, I, I just loved it. I, and that for me, this would strike me as another part where it's just kind of like reading words again. <laughs> I was interested in the festival in the background of Avatar Seto Kaiba, Avatar <laughs> Zito Seto Zito. Um, just you know, immediate and actually getting to learn about an actual avatar that's pretty interesting to me. Um, the rest fine, mm-hmm. that's all right. Interesting to see yeah, how the they... Fire Nation came to be a sort of a, a unified nation, perhaps. Uh, yeah, so they say that like each uh, each noble house of the Fire Nation is descended from one of the old warlords uh, from the period before the country was united. Um, and they were on the brink of another civil war because there was like uh, plague, natural disasters. They're on the, they're on the verge of collapse. And this is was this was during uh, Seto's childhood, and he applied for the job. Like we said, and, oh, <laughs> I feel like we in the future if we have a a uh, ranking the Avatars video coming out. And for some reason, I was like, oh yeah, we said this in a podcast, but that episode's not out yet. But we recorded it last week. Not important. <laughs> um, Good future predictions there. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, this talks about how Zeto uh, applied for a job, and then he eventually rose up in that job, and it made him uh, to be pretty much uh, a um, advisor to the Fire Lord, and they. Uh, he was like an accountant and everything. And probably he was the able books for the Fire Nation. Yeah, he was able to uh, open hostilities between rival noble houses, and a lasting peace followed, in which he continued to serve his country with dig- dignity and excellence. So, like his victories with the Fire Lord's victories, they worked pretty much hand in hand. Um, and he made the bank <laughs> work really well. He said that he put it into the basement of coins. Pretty much ends with truly Avatar Zeto was an idea for us officials to live up to and a shining example of Fire Nation values in general. Efficiency, precision, and loyalty. He <laughs> and, sounds like the most boring Avatar of all time. Yeah. This guy, like, the thing is, the first time we see this guy, he bends the lava out of volcanoes. And now it's like he was an, an accountant. accountant. <laughs> I probably developed the CPA exam that guy took. He is an accountant. That's what. He, if if a Netflix series comes out about this Avatar, it's gonna look more like Office Space than Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's gonna be terrible. Oh gosh! Like what if? <laughs> you know, I'd how, like... still watch it. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> you know, like sometimes, like I don't know, superheroes take on different genres of, of movie or stuff like. Um... I don't know, they're just like, a, a superhero is a genre itself, but they can do different genres. Like, one can be a comedy, one could be uh, a sci-fi movie, one is just a straight-up action movie. They're like, what if they did that with Avatar, and then they got into like, all right, you know what, we're just going to do the office space. Let's do the all right, let's, uh, space, but just Avatar Zeto. 
And they're and interviewing like, him, and he's like, I do about 10 minutes of actual work every day. <laughs> no, he'd be the opposite. But, but he would be, he would be the be... Dwight. He'd be the Dwight Schrute. Uh, sorry, office. I, I switched a little bit. but Yeah. He wouldn't be the Michael. If it was the office space, he'll be the guy being like, hey, you got those TPS reports for me? And like, he'll be in perspective of the other guy. Like, no, sorry, Avatar. And then he'll just glow his eyes. He'll be like, <laughs> I need those reports now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to need you to do those now. <laughs> the balance of the world depends on it. I'd still watch. Yeah, so we got different superhero uh, genres. Why not have different... I mean, even Korra and versus Aang versus these novels, they all take on uh, slightly <laughs> different genres to an extent. I'm ready for Office Space Avatar. Yeah. Uh, and so Kyoshi is like learning this history. She's really interested in the history of Zeto. She's like, oh, I like this Zeto guy. Like he seems buried in Cork, yeah, essentially. Um. <laughs> Which is funny because he's like the opposite of her. Like he's into diplomacy. He's not hand to hand combating anything. Like yeah, she just. I get it though. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um. That's pretty much the history of Avatar Zeto. Like yeah, I found that stuff to be interesting. Also, we got the actual name of Avatar Zeto. Um, although I do I do miss our name we chose for him, Rozukin. I think that's a really good good name. I keep forgetting that we picked that. I actually thought you were going for the Avatar Jafar. Which no. is visu- visually and uh, positionally is a great comp. I mean, I get it, but it was too on the nose for me, <laughs> which is why I never floated that uh, that name. That's fair. And but Rozukin, that was a we dug into uh, the uh, what do you call it? The origins, the phonetic origins of Fire Nation names, and picked our favorite <laughs> letters from it. <laughs> All the all the letters. All of the most there's important. O's, there's C's. There's K's. There's R's. Got it. We hit them all. Yeah. Jafar would not be a no. A, be a fire nation part. name. Uh, It'll probably be an earth bending name at at most. I think so, but I'm still gonna call him Avatar Seto, especially because yeah. I'm in a Yu-Gi-Oh mode right now. Um, is this the chapter? Remind me. Is this the chapter where they see the like the drawing on the painting? The, uh yes and the tour guide yeah. gets gets all pissy it's like don't mention this yes yeah so in this great hall the that paintings of the fire lords that's how painting the avatars and we've seen the audience we've seen the paintings of the fire lords before um but now we we now we know why there weren't paintings of the avatars but we'll get they, they were they were destroyed at one yeah. at one point um, but yeah, the paintings of the of the Fire Lord still remained. But yeah, under Fire Lord Zoro's painting, which would be Zoryo, Zoryo. I've been saying his Zoryu, painting, but I can go either way on that. that Zoryu? I'd yeah, Zoryu. Sorry. Yeah, Zoryu. Zoryu's good. It's tough until we get an audiobook. <laughs> um, like there was like just a little hints of of uh, of betrayal in it, and yeah, and Kyoshi's like. I know flower arrangements, and that's weird. It shouldn't be like this. Yeah, and the counselor, counselor guy is like, "Don't tell anyone about this," and it kind of creates this, this feeling of like, "What the heck is going on here?" This is where you start waiting on something bad to happen, and it's like a direct relation to this. At least for me, like foreboding tension, kind of, which is funny because it doesn't end up immediately having to do with this. But eh, next, next chapter, or maybe a few down the line. Uh, not that much left in this chapter, pretty much. Oh, sorry, I wasn't saying move to the next chapter. I'm saying I think that oh. part that I'm, that we're getting to is a few chapters now. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, pretty much. So they're done with their tour, and then 
Kyoshi is just like once <laughs> she just wants to get some time alone with Rangi. Rangi. She's thirsty. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is it's so reminiscent. Of, there's a scene in a Korra comic, and and Korra just like wants to spend some time with <laughs> with Asami, but she gets interrupted by Sue. Um, that's the end. And uh, and so <laughs> Kyoshi says to Jinpa, because it's Jinpa, Kyoshi, and Rangi together. And Kyoshi says, uh, can you give us some time alone? She asks him, motioning at the door. <laughs> and then Rangi says, not so fast. Report, please, Brother Jinpa. And he just pretty much lays out like all the terrible things Kyoshi has, has done, or her irresponsibilities, how she's not eating, how... <laughs> How she's just throwing herself headfirst in the situations that are the most dangerous. <laughs> um, and Kyoshi is like mad at him. Like, okay, this this apparently was his revenge that he's been setting up this whole time. That's how he's keeping it so cool this whole time. He's got an in game. Yeah, and I just like how Jimpa, how Rangi is like had him in her pocket this whole time. <laughs> we should have <laughs> look at We should have suspected. I like how, and then, and then they just talk about Kyoshi, like, about her straight to her face, and it, it makes Kyoshi so mad. She's like, you can't talk about me like this. Like, <laughs> and, and and the narration says, in the Daofei Code, snitches were punished by thunderbolts and knives. <laughs> and then she says, I am your boss. And then Jinpa says, that may be, but she's clearly the one in charge. So it's kind of interesting that they kind of laid the, laid who wears the pants in the I feel like I need a new a new saying that's uh I don't know who uh, yeah pretty I much suppose. wasn't true. <laughs> I see how that could be uh, like construed poorly, yeah. I get it. And then finally Jimpa leaves. And like I feel like this is reading almost like a I don't know, a romance novel because it says and then suddenly for the first time in a long time, Kyoshi and Rangi were together alone. And then Ew. Just... <laughs> Just kidding, I was so excited for him. And then <laughs> eventually they get to a point where um I mean they're talking about serious stuff, which I know Kyoshi just she's not she's just I don't feel like talking about the serious stuff. Um <laughs> and then they get to a point where so they have to go to a party that the Fire Lord is putting on, and then uh, Rangi says um it, it says she decided on a different track coming closer with a hint of sway uh, in her hips. <laughs> a sway in her hips. And she says to Kyoshi, you know, the party's not for a few hours. Her voice grew heated and, and breathy. I have an idea how to get your mind off your troubles until then. And it says, a dumb grin spread across Kyoshi's face. It's like turning into a uh, Danielle Steele romance novel here all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, and then Rangi says dance training, and then she makes her train. <laughs> and eventually Kyoshi is like, "But I thought we were <laughs> like." You could just tell Kyoshi just like the agony. Might have dumped her right there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just I just love how <laughs> just how these avatars are sometimes. It's good to see. I mean, the hey, human, they the human parts. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing about this book is that I think Kyoshi has way more um, 
personality in, in this book, and it, and it even comes through the narration, especially. Um, but yeah, very very human of, of Kyoshi. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, so yeah, that's the end of that chapter. The next chapter is uh, performance. Kyoshi stepped out of the dressing chamber feeling readier for the trials ahead. She'd grown more skilled at wielding the many layers of her outfit and could pull them on without his assistance now. As she entered the bedroom, she cinched her sash as if buckling down a shield. And that wasn't that cool. Certainly the like, least so, helpful first some, two sentences of the yeah, book. So sometimes, sometimes it's funny in the more room voice, like the first chapter of it. I think the last one was good, but that one was just oh, boring. Yeah. Um, so the performance is, so they get to the party and uh, and pretty much kill. She just, to me, this is probably one of the most pressure moments in the book, which is weird because it's just a party, but it's like the Fire Nation is, is so much about like formality and stuff. It's like you you can't just ignore every person who wants to meet you, um, but some people you should ignore because they're not important, but other people you have to pay them attention because you're the avatar. Like you're, and also, even if you weren't the avatar, this stuff is very important anyway. Um, which is the opposite of the, the kind of human that I know how to be <laughs> at a party. Not that I'm a party animal, but when I go to a party, I usually just like to eat food. So I felt really bad for Kiyoshi for having to play this mental game. Um. <laughs> yeah, so then yeah, so they just get ready for the party. Uh, uh, da -da -da. Yeah, not, not that much happens. Until, uh, um, let's say, party where Kyoshi meets Fire Lord. Yeah, essentially just walk. Oh, Kyoshi runs into Lu Beifong, and they kind of talk about it, talk about stuff. And then he has with him like this governor from some place, and he pretty much tells Kyoshi like. Hey, you wronged me in, in this one sense. Like, um, it was like some property that the Daofei had owned, that he owned, but the Daofei stole from him. But then Kyoshi is like, listen, you're the one who was like sharecropping this property out. I gave it back to the people. You know, if you have a problem with that, or if you want to talk about money, you should pay me because I, I was, I've been taking out the Daofei for you. And then, and so pretty much she calls him out on his on his crap, and he walks away very disgruntled. Lou Lou rips that guy a new one. Yeah, yeah, and even Lou is like, you, you didn't tell me that you've been like sharecropping this property and stuff. Um, <laughs> and then afterwards, and like, yo, she, and you're not supposed to do that at this part. You're not supposed to call people out on 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 their crap because it was professional and polite and everything. Like, because in the Fire Nation. Anything can lead to an Agni Kai. <laughs> Anything can be a sign of disrespect. And she ultimately disrespected the guy, even though he deserved it. At least those other Earthbenders, like, they challenged me to an Agni Kai, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> um, and then Rangi says, as much as, I, as much 
as I love watching you verbally set people on fire, be a little bit more careful. That same conversation between two fire nationals could have ended with an agony cut. Yeah. <laughs> and she does say, I'll do better next time. But uh, we'll see. Um, and then that's the headmistress chapter. Uh, in this chapter, Kyoshi meets Becca with Heron. She hasn't seen Heron um, since since she was poisoned by by Jianju. Oh, actually, I meant to say his name is actually pronounced Jianju, which I guess I should have known that, and not Jianju. Jianju. I feel like we were John. pretty close to that ish. Yeah. Ish. Eighty percent on phonetics. All right, I'm gonna stop John doing Jude. the Morgan Freeman voice thing unless there's a good, no, good. Uh... <laughs> Has to be an inspiring passage. Ah, oh, that just makes me want to yeah. go watch that, especially because the NBA is back on. I watched a little bit of that before I came in here. Um, it makes me want to go watch that Frank Caliendo reading the LeBron letter as Morgan Freeman. That's one of my <laughs> that favorites. One. Yeah. It's one of my favorites, but. Another another time. We'll review that on its own another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good one. Um, so, um, Heron is back, but she's still not like full strength. But she has with her um, a, a water mini mask who's been helping her heal her and everything. But before that, Heron just apologizes to Kyoshi, um, saying. That she was sorry what she put Kyoshi through and Yoon through because of you know her not realizing who the avatar was and her letting Jianju uh, kind of do push Yoon too far even before when they thought he was the avatar. Um, and they kind of come to an understanding like Heron says, Kyoshi, like, I would kill him. Essentially, if he was here, I, I would kill him. Kyoshi's like, me too. I feel like they they have this weird bond over, <laughs> over like, we're cool with killing people bond. It's a strange way, but it's also, you know, it's a pretty serious deal. It's the kind of thing yeah. that you could form a bond over, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so she apologizes to Kyoshi. Oh, really good. These, these were the parts... That thing hit me more in, in, in the oh, in the in the heart. So uh Heron is apologizing. She says, I can never make this right. Kyosha says, Your recovery is a good start. Heron looked at her puzzled, and Kyosha says, Toward paying your debt to me. What I demand from you, headmistress, is your continued good health. I'll accept no less than what I am owed. And then she says, Kyoshi, this isn't the time for jokes. And then Rangi says, she's not joking, mother. <laughs> and it says, Rangi smiles, overflowed with love for them both. Like, ah. Uh. <laughs> My heart. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rangi says, she's simply like that. Now swallow your pride and accept the decree of the Avatar. And uh, and Heron says, Heron laughed again, though there was no gladness in the sound. She patted her daughter's hand. I'm all right. Anyway. Um, she says, I need a moment with Kyoshi. <laughs> Uh, she tells so she tells Heron, uh, she Heron tells uh, Rangi to go find Sifu Atut Atuat, 
Oh, I, I, think I, I never so even took a guess. That's one that I just read, and I didn't let my brain try. <laughs> Your to brain did it. not say anything. Mm-hmm. I believe it's like Atuat. I'll take it. I'll, that sounds great. Yeah. See uh, Atuat. Anyway, so Kyoshi and Heron have a, another one-on-one, but, but this one is more like, yeah, I would kill Jianju, and you know, she says, so would I, good girl. Yeah, so they bond. I miss... I misput where this place was at. And then they pretty much come to understand of like, hey, do what you can to protect my daughter. Like, and um Kyoshi says, I know exactly what to do with anyone who would hurt your daughter. So this is one of those uh this is one of those talks <laughs> that that the parents have with the significant other other of their child. You know, Kyoshi doesn't know that fully <laughs> at this point, which is not it's not the most clear because Heron is pretty more official and straightforward with it, but which I think is good because it sets up for a better moment later in the book. Mm-hmm. Like this very uh, uh, matter of, of, of fat, straightforward, uh, almost um, unknowing speech or conversation here. I think pays off mm-hmm. in a few chapters down the line. Yeah, it becomes like a breakthrough point later, personal. Yeah, uh, personally, so that's. All right, so Heron, I'm sorry, Rangi brings over uh, Atuat, Sifu Atuat, to the <laughs> to the place. Uh, it says Sifu Atuat. I'm sorry, Atuat Kyoshi. Rangi says Kyoshi. This is Sifu Atuat. Uh, she's like the greatest of the Northern Healers, and she's just like really great, like better than Katara, like better than anybody healing wise. <laughs> she essentially says. If your innards start falling, I can simply bring you back to life. I did before. Or like I did before. She sells that to Heron. And then says she turned to Kyoshi, acknowledging the avatar for the first time. I'm that skilled. Like, oh, also, just the way that she's introduced, she's kind of introduced as, like, I feel like loud and a little obnoxious. And, like, she likes to drink and stuff. She's the opposite of Heron. Yeah, little vulgar lesh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, she says to Kyoshi about like learning how to bend and stuff in the Northern Water Tribe. Um, I say some men who aren't allowed to learn healing from me. Any idiot can punch someone with water. I punch dying people's energy pathways with water such that they live for another handful of decades. Yeah, so she's she's that powerful. I love the way she worded it too. Yeah. Oh, and then you learn that she was. Uh, Master Amok's sister. Master Amok was like briefly in Rise of Kyoshi. He was Yoon's waterbending teacher who was like really... Uh, I don't know. I just found him to be a little weird. Pretty jacked up. He did the, the whole spider snake venom in the eyeballs thing. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the sum yeah. of all my fears which is spider snakes and eye drops. <laughs> oh god. That's the only reason why I'm glad I have good eyes. I don't have yeah. to deal with... Like, I, Oh, just the thought of people putting in contact lessons is like it. <laughs> like my sister used to do it. Like, all right, let's open your eyeball and then put something in it. Like that's that just seems not interested. And uh, no. fun fact about me: glasses and sunglasses and, and uh, give me headaches. So I'm sure you get over that eventually. Yeah, I would just wear glasses. I just I just wouldn't do contacts. So, Master Amok, Amok, I don't <laughs> miss you. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and then so Jinpa's also at the party, and like Jinpa is, he's he's like Aang to me in a lot of sense that he likes drawing in the crowd and doing tricks. Like I'm just reminded of when Aang was at the Earth King <laughs> Bosco's at Bosco's birthday party, and he was doing tricks for everybody. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so <laughs> so at the end of this chapter, um. Um, <laughs> oh, not the end of the chapter. There comes a point in the chapter where Rangi says something to the sense of like how different they are, how different Heron and Atuwata is. And she says, sometimes I think making Fran cured her more than anything else. And then Kyoshi asks, does she know about us? And Rangi's like, of course. Wasn't that what the two of you were talking about by yourselves? Her giving you the whole, you better treat my daughter right or else speech? Says Kyoshi supposed that had been part of the conversation in a roundabout way. She decided not to mention the particulars. <laughs> but like Kyoshi had no idea that's what the conversation was about. Rightfully so, it wasn't that straightforward. It was uh, uh, arbitrary at best. Mm. Yeah. So this is the part that I just knew was gonna happen while reading this book, right? She's Kyoshi's at this party. She has to be on her best behavior, her absolute best behavior. And then she has to like meet the Fire Lord at just the right point. She can't be too quick. He can't be. She has to go at his pace. So she comes across this person who's dressed in like full, pretty much Fire Lord uh, regal. And like the way they're describing him, I'm just like, they're not going to say the crown. They're not going to say the crown. <laughs> and they didn't say the crown. I'm like, dang it, Kyoshi. Dang it, Kyoshi. Don't do it. Don't um, do it. If you just skip because, ahead of those pages, then it then it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. He comes across her and says, Avatar Kyoshi. And then she's like, Fire Lord. And then like she feels like she's doing really good. Like she's bouncing off of him, like sounding proper, and she just gets this knee in the back of her or something. And then she's like, Oh, it's Rangi, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> and then eventually Rangi just like, I don't know, hurts her so bad. <laughs> she's like, Kyoshi. That's not the Fire Lord. Just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, this might be a good Morgan Freeman one. Um, so, set the stage. The crowd is like, holy crap, because everyone's been kind of been watching everything going on. And it's a big deal that Kyoshi called someone who wasn't the Fire Lord the Fire Lord. So, on to ancient history. The crowd had frozen. The waiters had frozen. The sun and the sky halted its arc. The celestial bodies had never seen such a colossal blunder in the thousands lifetimes of watching the Avatar. <laughs> I think that was your best Morgan Freeman work so far too. That was nicely, huh. nicely done. Um, <laughs> and then he finally says, "I should introduce myself." Said the man, "My name is Chajin. Fire Lord Zoryu is my younger half brother." So, like immediately, you're kind of put into this world of. Of high stakes Game of Thrones and more than Game of Thrones that like uh, Littlefinger was playing, of like how do I maneuver goodwill and change people's perceptions to my benefit? Uh, kind of more of that Game of Thrones. And uh, you, you know when you're like watching TV shows, uh, The Office is a good one, and you're embarrassed for the characters in the show, and that like hit me really hard. Like I'm red in the cheeks. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. And then 
And so finally, the Fire Lord uh, Zoryu comes across there. He's like, "Hello, Kyoshi." And then Chajin is kind of just belittling him. Like he has his shoulder around him, just being really unprofessional. It's like she thought I was the Avatar, isn't that? I mean, I'm sorry. She thought I was the Fire Lord, isn't that funny? Like you can tell this guy is being a jerk about things. Uh, you can tell he's trying to manipulate Kyoshi so he can gain some political uh, victories over his half brother. But. Yeah, it, it sort of unfolds like you've got the idea pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, it still explains in detail as we go forward, but you pretty much know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then it says, uh, she didn't appreciate being manipulated, especially by someone she just met, which, you know, you, you fully get that from Kyoshi. And so Kyoshi's, you know, he, so Chajin talks about all the issues the Fire Nation's having. He's like, oh, there's famine going around. Like some say the spirits. Are are mad at us because they don't like the way the succession has been done. Because maybe he's he's alluding to the fact that he is the firstborn of the fire. The previous fire lord died recently, but how he's not the fire lord. And Kyoshi says to them both, "Well, she's saying to him, but the fire lord is, is in her presence." Um, she says, "If there's an issue with the spirits, I will resolve it on behalf of the fire lord." And things to me that doesn't sound that bad. So yeah, far. Since, Actually, yeah I mean, like she, I, I get where they go with it, but it like it sounds pretty innocent on the surface. Like I'm spirit bridge. I can I, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And she says on behalf of the Fire Lord. She does get a little bit more abrasive as it goes on because she pretty much just tells him uh to leave and get out of her presence. And then she doesn't know like oh the Fire Lord was supposed to do that. Oh because like this the scene here is is used to compare to the scene that she had just like talked to the governor, right? She talked to the governor the same way. He went away with his tail between his legs. He Shajin went away with like gleeful of like, oh giddy. And like it it kind of makes Kyoshi even more mad. Like that's not the response I was trying to get out of him. But he got what he needed. Like um, when somebody <laughs> says something to fire you up on purpose and then it works and you get fired up and that's what they want. <laughs> Hate yeah. that guy already. Hey, Ron. So, so Rangi is like, Kyoshi, what did you do? What did you just do? And hey, Ron. And it says, Kyoshi, she didn't know <laughs> what she just did. Hey, Ron says, what she done is follow disaster with catastrophe. Um, and pretty much they tell her, like, everything she did wrong. It was like, listen, it wasn't... Um, you didn't insult Chajin, you insulted the Fire Lord because you were in his presence. The Fire Lord is supposed to be the one who dismisses people. You made him look weak. You made it seem like he wasn't able to take care of the situation himself. Like, just made him look completely bad. Oh, and, then, and also, it's interesting because, like, Heron is like, everybody, leave now. And then, so it describes, like, uh, Atuat, Kiyoshi, Rangi, and Jinpa. And the Fire Lords are you following them? <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, why is why is the Fire Lord just taking orders from Heron? And then you figure it out that he's kind of a pushover and Heron was his headmistress. You know, and she, she doesn't, to... but it's almost like she's got like Kyoshi and Zoryu by the ears. Like she's tugging them yes. along. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You listen here, you um, little shits. Come here. <laughs> Like, do I have to do everything myself? Okay. Um, 
So then Heron just like rips into everybody. Just like, Kyoshi, you shouldn't have done all that. You should have known better. Rangi, you should have um hit you know, Kyoshi you sooner. <laughs> yeah. You should have prepped her for this. Jinpa, you're off doing magic tricks. Atuat, you're off being loud. And me myself, I should have also been better at this. And Fire Lord Zorio, you should not be belittling yourself to this. <laughs> and so and then, even then he says like sorry or something like that. Don't be sorry, be quiet. Oh um, yeah, so in it so uh so in that whole like hey Ron going off on everyone, she says, I'm also to blame. I shouldn't have left your side, but I was distracted. She glared at Atuat, who had just finished a skewer of meat she'd taken along from the party. <laughs> and she says, What? The water trap doctor said, picking her teeth with the sharp silver of bamboo. I haven't offended anyone tonight. Frankly, I found everyone else's behavior imprudent and shocking. <laughs> um, She's a delight. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So eventually they're just com- complaining or talking about the situation at hand. Talk about how Chajin has been trying to conspire to get people to go get the fire lord he has to get more people on his side and this was a good victory for him tonight in doing that and making his brother look weak um yeah that's pretty much i think that is pretty much that they explain i think they explain in this symbol just real quick in this chapter that that symbol also was the symbol of his house the one that was drawn on that painting earlier with the flower arrangement and stuff i think that's this chapter too Yes. Minor, yeah. minor like, tidbit, but important. And like a lot of people in in the hall was wearing that symbol. And then Kyoshi could piece together, like, oh, all these people are for uh, Chajin. And I might be mispronouncing Chajin. But that's that's another I'm... tough one. I was I was saying Kajin, but Chajin sounds better. Mm-hmm. We, we could really use an expert. <laughs> Not an avatar expert, a, a linguistics expert. But um, all right, you want to go to the next chapter? Yes. So the crash. Oh wait, at the end of actually it happens at the end of this chapter. At the end of this chapter, they go back to the party and they realize that like all the noblemen and stuff are standing still and Kyoshi knows that they're being hostages for some reason. Okay, so here you know that, that crap hit the fan and like at the end of this chapter my brain's going wild. Um, yeah, I mean, at least personally, you're assuming it's something to do with uh, with Chajin. Like the uprising's happening right right now, and they're gonna be trapped in the Fire Nation, and that's the rest of this book. And so it's actually that's surprising. I don't know if that's good or bad uh, in this next chapter here. Yeah, so it says uh, Yoon. At the end of that chapter, she sees Yoon, and he says, "It's good to see you again, Kyoshi." Uh, the crash. Uh. For all her desperate wishing, Kyoshi had never considered what she would actually say to Yoon once she found him. Oh yeah, and we, we forgot to mention. So Kyoshi has been trying to find Yoon throughout the world, um, asking people to help her out, but no one's gonna, no one wants to help her because it's Yoon, and they're just like, this is, um, you know, this is a big, huge buffle anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> I bet we have never gotten to use that word on this show before. Okay, the word I've 
I forgot where I learned it from. I learned it from a TV show. <laughs> that sounds like a Scrubs thing. Yeah, Scrubs Community, maybe Either Parks one. and Rec. Uh, I gotta remember to look it up later because it's gonna bug me. It's gonna bug me if I forget what I was gonna look up all the time. <laughs> um. So, pretty much, just Yoon is just like, "Hey, I'm 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 here to fight." Uh, I'm here to 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 make right because mm. um, you know all these people claim to worship the ground I walked on, and now they all turned their back on me. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of these other people's fault that that I was killed. Um, so anyway, he takes hostages, says he wants justice, and him and Kyoshi talk, and they kind of get into some fights. Which honestly, the fights for me were kind of hard to follow a little bit, maybe because Kyoshi wasn't doing that much bending. Saying that she was doing things instead of bathing because she didn't, she wasn't in that killer instinct mode. Um, yeah, so he takes those sausages, he ends up finding Lu Bei Fong. Oh, he's pretty so he tells Kyoshi, Hey, I'm gonna kill the people responsible for why I'm here. And Kyoshi immediately thinks about Heron because Heron trained him and everything. Um, but, but she actually beats him to Heron, but he finds Lu Bei Fong and kills him instead. In just like a back hallway along the way to Heron, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I don't have that. Oh, to me, it's yeah. So he says, "I want justice. Everyone who lies to me is going to suffer the consequences." Um, that was pretty much. Weirdly enough, that chapter was a little boring to me, even though it's a it's a very like, like it's weird, right? Like, Yoon takes hostages, and he's kind of fighting Kyoshi, but that was less entertaining to me than the whole dinner party. I would say just nothing, nothing came of it, and even when you get, you know, they get to Heron first, and there you're waiting for this cool battle where, like, he's on the offensive against Heron, and Kyoshi's, like, trying to spare everybody's life, um, and then it's, I don't want to say it's a letdown, but it's not, like, a great twist that she ends up just killing Lou Beifunk. She's like, whatever, he was a jerk anyways. Yeah. Um, so he also, so he and Earthbin, and he also like, I feel like he Earthbins these like sharpnels. Oh, he, he destroys the Avatar um, paintings. All the big tapestries, and, yeah. Yeah. And then he like, he, I feel like he, he like, grabs them all in a bowl. I feel like it's the way to describe it. And he hits it against the ground and then like sharpnels come out and like it pierces Several dozen, maybe a couple dozen people. Uh, also Kyoshi, but she guards herself beforehand. And he leaves, but she has to like try to save all these people. And Atuwak comes in, and she saves a lot of people. And pretty much, I feel like this part is to show just how powerful of a vendor Atuwak is. Like Atuwak can lower the temperature of a person and prevent them or slow them down from dying uh, so much so that you know you can get them better care somewhere else. Um, but she says it's a really difficult technique. She says it slows every process of the body down, including death. But if I don't stop at the exact right time, his fluids will turn to ice and destroy his own organs from the inside out. She liked doing cryogenesis before cryogenesis is a thing. Yeah. yeah. I kind of dig it. Interesting. Right. Don't mind me. I'm going to scrape this spider off my wall because I don't like <laughs> spiders. As, as we mentioned before. Yeah, big fear of mine. Um, yeah, it's essentially Kyoshi is like, can you teach me this technique? 
Saving lives, pulling people back from the brink of death, there was no worthier use of bending in her opinion. Um, but then she also, really cool. like, she was, like, picking people. She's like, can't save that guy. Gotta save, yeah, gotta make was... these split-second decisions. And I know that's really, like, you know, I, I get the, the emotional turmoil, but I love that, because you can't, like, let's split-second decisions to get as many of these lives as possible. And that's, like, yeah. you know, that's that's the epitome of badass because you know she's got to like live with that and got to be that confident in her abilities and her understanding to make those choices that are uh, at heart amazing, really good choices, even if it sounds kind of awful sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, so uh, Master Atua pretty much says like, yeah, sure, I'll train you. Um, you know, but it's, you know, it's difficult, I guess, but she's willing to train Kyoshi, which I feel like so between uh, Lao Lauga, and that's how you say his name. We were saying Lao G before that oh, assassin I guy. Never, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, it's G E. Yeah, I don't know. I, and I say GIF, so I guess it makes sense. Lauga instead of GIF. I say GIF, so I guess I don't know. I mean, I feel like everyone says GIF. I think no, you're supposed to say a, the guy who invented the file type. I know says GIF. I know the guy says it as GIF, but there's a there's a loyal <laughs> contingent, uh, as loyal as Avatar versus Kyoshi on the two sides. It's, it's a big deal. <laughs> graphic yes, make... graphic <laughs> is the first word <laughs> of that acronym. It's GIF. This guy must really like giraffes. Cause I can't think of another word that starts with G that yeah. makes the J sound. George, that's a name I don't even count. But okay, La- Lauga though I can Lau yeah Lauga Lauga okay. yes, um, but so I feel like between Lauga was like I don't know five hundred years old or something like that. He used earth bending techniques to keep Literally, the cells yeah, like, piece from like himself together the parts that were breaking and falling apart is wild. Yeah, but I feel like between learning that technique from him and then learning techniques from Master Atuat like Kyoshi can't extend her life to to way easier right like if she gets she can heal herself but like, oh boom i'll live another 10 years yeah like that 230 or whatever she hits is like to us now no surprise we see it yeah exactly um oh sorry <laughs> you hear my baby crying in the background <laughs> i can that's you know it's a family podcast <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you get a barking yeah, dog. Father. Sometimes you get a crying baby. Um, yeah, that's true. So I think that's the that's pretty well the end of the crash, oh. right? Uh, yeah. So pretty much, Kyoshi talks to, um, she's she goes to the Fire Lord's chamber because he wants to talk to her, but he's like really distraught. He can't keep anything together. And Chajin is right there. Chajin's like, "Sweet Jorio, go away. We'll we'll handle this." And he goes away, and Kyoshi's like, oh, "I really need it." I really need Zoryu to be like way stronger than this. Um, but then she kind of manipulates Chajin to admit that he wants the throne. And pretty much she has in her head like she has Laoga speaking in her head like you know what to do about people like this. You just kill them. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> like and she feels like Kyoshi she's dealing with how to be the avatar and all aspects of that, right? She can't talk to her past lives. Um, 
she doesn't know exactly what to do. Should she take? Should she be able to kill people? Stuff like that. Um, so it says, Kyoshi hears Lauga's talking to her. Like she can just hear his voice. You know what to do with such men, crackle Lauga. It upset her to no end that she could imagine his whispers better than she could hear the voices of her previous lives. <laughs> and then you know she has the same issue with Jianju. Like she finds herself being like Jianju sometimes. Like she can hear, she can easily hear these people's voices more in the past lives, which she's she supposed to be able to hear. In in her defense, she spent a lot more time with them than Kurok. I get it. Yeah. Um, oh, man, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes now. And I, oh, I don't even know if we're yeah. halfway done. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. I'll try to go a little bit uh, yeah, we faster We might have here. to concise a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. All right, so... Next chapter is. Wait, where'd you go? Performance headmistress. Oh, you have it. Oh. There. Aftermath G Unit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, that's the. Uh, Inner school. You breakers. actually, you just sort of uh, covered this one. You, the notes, uh, the notes we have are the water bending techniques to lower the body temperature, and Kiyoshi talking about uh, to Chajin about being the Fire Lord. Um, so you actually just kind of covered this, and that was all aftermath. They've, oh yeah, yeah, they, my bad. They just, I'm, I, I'm glad you took notes because for me it just all blends <laughs> together. I wouldn't, I would have had to reread it and take notes while I was reading. So let's go one more. Let's go to the the ritual. Yes, the ritual. Okay, so in the ritual, Heron, they all have plans. They're like, all right. Yoon has been possessed by Father Glowworm. Um, Kyoshi knew that Jianju knew Father Glowworm through a quirk, and they're like, listen, well, you got to go talk to a quirk. And they have this plan for them to go meet up with one of um, his uh, one of his past friends that uh, the quirk knew, who was a very spiritual guy. And one thing I like, so they talk about it, and uh, one thing, this is like a something an insecurity of Kyoshi that she can't talk to her past lives as the Avatar. And then she pretty much tells everybody that, hey, I can't talk to my past lives. And Heron says, communing with their past lives is one of the most difficult and complex feats an Avatar can perform. Successful methods and experiences have been known to vary between generations. I wouldn't ad- advertise your problem, but I wouldn't beat yourself up about it either. So I found it to be really interesting. That's like, solid advice. <laughs> well, I find it to be interesting because like, I, the thing I take away from that is that I think Aang was really spiritual to be able to talk to his past lives. Right? Like, we never even see Kord talk to her past lives except for Aang one time. And, uh, and Kyoshi isn't like the greatest edit either. Um, also, I get the sense that some avatars don't talk to their past lives, or maybe they never talk to their past lives. And to me, that creates this, this, uh, this, this different, like, there's this game of telephone, right? Like, avatar of avatar is supposed to tell you, like, what to do. But eventually, one person just like, oh, I didn't get, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> like, I think you just get, kind of get lost in the shuffle where you, know, you start off with Juan and you end up with Roku being like, the four nations must be four separate nations. That's the way it has to be. Well, can, like, you imagine being, can 
you imagine being like Zet- uh, Zeto, like talking to his previous lives? And he's like, what do you think I should do? Because I'm thinking about taking this job and the Avatar before him being like, what? Avatar Zeto will be like, all right, I'm going to go be this accountant. And in his his past lives would be like, no, that's what, why would you do that? He's like, no, it's going to be fine. Just just watch. And then Yang Chen talking to him, like, what would you do? And he'd be like, I personally would do menial labor, uh, you know, try to make a decent wage and good luck. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna. And Yang Chen is like, we don't have jobs. Like I grew up in the area. You know, I, like this ain't gonna work. So yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what is just a reminder Yang that Yang the Avatar like, cycle what is so, money? <laughs> make a decent pardon. Imagine, imagine Zeto like just like listen, Yang Chen. You got when you turn sixteen, you got to get a job. You got to get paid. <laughs> Yang Chen's like, what? I don't need stuff. We don't. Don't value possessions like you got to move into your we own place. Hold on, move into what? <laughs> uh, you mean like I got to go to a different air temple, or what are you? What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah just a, a reminder that like even the Avatar state itself isn't supposed to like resemble this perfect practice. Not just the human element, but even the spiritual element. A great reminder. Um, okay, so they have a plan. To find Crook's old friend. Um, oh, one interesting tidbit in this chapter is that they talk about what year he out there in and Kyoshi's avatar hood. They like mention like, oh, we're in day. Uh, where is it at? Oh, so Rangi is talking to Kyoshi about like, I wish I could have given you a better avatar hood. Like so many things are are wrong. Like it shouldn't be like this. Like, did you know it's technically the 6,444th day of the era of Kyoshi? That's how uh, they take time. It's an old way of taking time. Um, and so I did the math on that. <laughs> and so, because, you know, if, if you think, all right, it's been 6,454 days, and Kyoshi's 18 years old, you can back into how many days are in a year. It's pretty close to ours. It's like 362 or something like that. So their planet not, well, shares not, similarities yeah. with Earth. Yeah. Just uh, Which, you know, before I didn't know these things, right? Because no, Earth is... Also, Earth is not like Earth, because if, if you look at um, an episode of Korra, like Harmonic Convergence, the planets are lined up. The third planet from the sun has rings. Our planet Earth does not have rings. The Earth of Avatar does not have rings, so it is not the third planet from the Earth. Maybe it's the fourth planet, but it's definitely not Earth. And, and, and everybody knows, judging based on the map, Chris, that, that the Avatar universe is flat, obviously. That's true. It's right oh, there on the map. Yeah. It's right there. <laughs> no, it's kind of cool to have that sort of confirmation. I would have just be interesting, like, it was, but... I, like, I wonder when did they get over flat earthers? <laughs> like, when did they discover that the world was round? I, I mean, oh, granted, I think the didn't the Mayans know that a long time ago before? I think they had it paid. Did we just, you know, we <laughs> tend to align our, 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 you know, this in person invented this and that is usually based on European discovery of such things. So, no, I think yeah. they had it paid. 
I want that would be funny to like read through that part of the history of the Avatar universe too. Like this lion turtle is all that exists, and then they get off the lion turtle like, oh shit. Um, oh, also, I want to note, um, at one point, Rangi really hates the plan to go meet up this old guy. She gets really mad at her mother, and she throws a table off of a balcony in the Fire Nation like she could have killed somebody. And Rangi, I feel like, is uncharacteristically um, um, not as, as level as she usually is. She's kind of more emotional in, in this story. Anyway, so Kyoshi and Rong, you're having a nice little moment together, and, uh, and Kyoshi says, I no longer hold the title for worst breach of manners in the Four Nations, Kyoshi said. And I am never, ever going to let you forget it. And then Rangi reached over and took her hand. Red scars traveled down Kyoshi's wrists in wavy branching patterns like the veins of palm frond, the token from when she'd fought the lightning. And Rangi says, for as long as you live, Kyoshi smiled and nodded. For as long as I live. So it's one of those moments of them being like promised that we'll always be together. Stinking cute. <laughs> um so uh, and then Heron cuts hair from the Fire Lord, pretty much saying that she drops all of her honor and everything. Um, so then they all plan to travel to go meet the Fire Sage. And then that the haircutting being the ritual mm-hmm. to which the chapter title alludes, uh, but also like oh, strategic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's not the chapter title. I just didn't give you the right notes. That was just one of my. <laughs> um, it's part of the fire sage. <laughs> oh wait, it's part of. Sorry, it's part of the ritual. Um, the next chapter, the fire sage. Um, so. Really, in this one, they just go to a carnival where they, they can meet. I think his name is Nayahita. This is another one I didn't even try to pronounce, but that sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to go with what you said. United Front, we can do this. Nayahita. Um, Nayahita. One of those. Na- yeah, na- okay, Nayahita. is this old guy who's friends with Cork, who, um, who Heron does not like. They don't like each other at all. Um, Oh, wait, I want to get to this one moment here. <laughs> That's another cute Rangi Kyoshi moment. Because um, <laughs> Rangi and her mother has been arguing, and Kyoshi is kind of there just to listen to Rangi complain about it. This is... Um, <laughs> so Kyoshi asks her, how did you manage going to the North Pole together? Rangi says, she was comatose. <laughs> having, having her constantly in my ear on a mission with the Avatar, no less, is a completely different story. And then Kyoshi, the narration says, it wasn't the reaction Rangi was looking for, but Kyoshi swelled with a sudden happiness. She couldn't help it. Rangi acting so completely, utterly normal, tugged on a rope, connected directly to her heart. It always would. On a whim, she picked up Rangi up by the waist and whirled her around. No one was there to scold them for inappropriate touching. Rangi laughed despite herself and tried to swat at her, but couldn't reach as far. Stop it, you're embarrassing me. That's the point. See what she says. It's like a little high school puppy love going on there. Yeah. Adorable. I I, I just just like this, like, 
Miss Kiyoshi is so different, but still the same Kiyoshi we know from, from that we know from the show. Um, yeah, so they go to this carnival, and at the carnival, there are pretty much people on the side of Zoryu, and there's people on the side of the show up on the side of Chajin. His mother, Hazu, shows up, and her and Heiron meet together. She makes fun. Um, Hazu makes fun of Heiron. She even, like, she knows that she, her hair is cut, so she's been dishonored, and she, like, pats her on the head like a pet. And Heiron has to, like, pretty much accept it because honor. <laughs> Because <laughs> shitty, arbitrary rules. No offense, yeah, Fire Nation. Exactly. If you identify, uh, like, when you think about what, what nation you would belong to as Avatar, I apologize. Uh, but I, I, I would be a poor, poor Fire Nation fit. Very poor. Yeah. Um, really, I feel like this chapter is really just a setup. Uh, tensions at yeah, that carnival later on. Uh, exposition and and meeting, uh, meeting that fire sage himself and understanding both his role and the, the reason that there would be tension between him and Team Avatar. So they finally meet the guy. Um, hey, Ron says, Kurok's reincarnation needs your help. <laughs> and she gestures to Kyoshi. Never she says, that was Kyoshi's least favorite way for people to refer to her Avatar. <laughs> As Kirk's reincarnation. Because to me, that makes it seem like I'm not even a person to you. I'm just someone else. That's all you see. Like being introduced by by someone who's like, oh, you're, you know, such and such's brother. And you're like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Or like like a famous celebrity has like a, has a, uh, most of the time this probably happens to women, unfortunately. Yeah. Has a wife who's like a really, world-renowned scientist or something. It's like, Matt Damon's wife discovers the cure for AIDS. It's like, um, no, she has a name. And you can say it. It's pretty cool. Maybe more important than Matt Damon, with all due respect. <laughs> yeah. How about leading scientists discovers something? There we go. Uh, that, was just, that was just an example. I'm sorry. I don't think there's a cure to AIDS. Yeah, how, about, but... how about body found? <laughs> there's got to be at least one John Lane joke in uh yeah anyway Niyahata explains that Kurik um battled many spirits dark spirits and stuff they don't really explain why in this chapter um yeah hey Ron, pretty much you just get a hey Ron and this guy don't like each other the, the team avatar and this so guy much, sort of blame each to other me, that was for, the most... for Kurik's uh lack of success Um, all right, so next chapter, spiritual exercise. Uh, so pretty much in this chapter, <laughs> Kyoshi goes with uh, Niyahata uh, on a spiritual journey, really, an exercise so she can connect with Quirk finally. And, them two, and he realizes like them two are just so much alike, like the way that they, the way that they're, they're so abrasive the way that they idolize Yang Chin. Um, and, and, and yeah, there, there comes to be a point where um, he, he tells Kiyoshi that cause she's just like, hey, why don't you just have me talk to Yang Chin instead? He's like, that's not how it works. You have to connect to the one 
right before you and nor connect to the ones um, before them. Like it's a, it's a chain, you can't skip them. And it makes Kyoshi mad. Kyoshi's like, great. So on top of everything else, Quirk's a wall keeping me from my full potential. He's like, he's not a, I swear, I would have known you were his reincarnation from the start and saved the Earth Kingdom a lot of trouble had they just brought you before me. You two are exactly alike. Both idolized Yang Chan to a fault. He pretty much says, mark my words, you're going to botch up someday bad because your personal feelings just like you did. Because of your personal feelings just like you did. Is this, also and so, the, is this also the chapter where he says like she wouldn't be as much help as you think or like Kirk was yes. not a wall and Yang Chen wouldn't be as much help as you think and then my heart's yeah. beating all fast because he's got this reputation to keep where we yeah. called Yang Chen the best avatar <laughs> of all time and now my heart's beating it's like oh my god we're gonna have to redo that video it's broken yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> just, just that small little sentence there it just piques your interest. Like, what does he mean Yang Chen can't help? And even Kale, she's like, Yang Chen would, would help a lot. You know, she was wise and she was great. And we we know, like, it, it still would have been entirely possible, even with the teaser laid in the last book, for the plot of this book to have still just played into correct being a douchebag. And for as far as we've gotten here in our discussion, it's still possible. But it's like right here where you finally like some real tangible something like no it's it's maybe not as bad as you think yeah all right um so they oh i really love this metaphor here about the avatar it says he, he likes a flame so i focus on this flame he says he's trying to guide her through this meditation because it is one flame and it is many it changes every moment no avatar is ever the same person you and the flame change with every moment, every generation. You are one flame, and you are many. I was like, man, that's a really good metaphor. For like, because like, yeah, it is one person, but yeah, the you know, a fire, fire changes, every you know, with every gust of wind, with every oxygen burned, like it, it changes. Like Earth doesn't do that. Hashtag deep. Yeah. No, it's a great metaphor. Um, all right. So then, next chapter, the message. Pretty much, this is all about Kirk's past. Um, you know, it just talks about how he met Jianju, how he met Jin, not Jin, but how he met Kelsong. Oh, yeah, and it's Kelsong, not Kelsang. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like, I feel like if. It's like a May Mai situation, like Yang, yeah. but Kelsong. Are well, you then, the I'll... Avatar, Ong? <laughs> but I feel like because there's two A's there. The Aang part makes more sense. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's right. I'll probably say but that's how. What if this? You know, what if the guy paid to read the audiobooks? Like, what if they don't talk about that stuff and he's just on his own? Maybe that guy is is wrong. Because I'm saying that because I'm probably gonna say Kelsang, but it's okay. Yeah. It's not important. I like saying Kelsang, right? Because it goes with. Because it's not Yang. It's not Yang Chen. It's Yang, Yang Chen. Chen. Although and... I haven't gotten to the point of reading. No, I did. Just they like said Yang Chen. Just like they it's, say Yang Chen. Yeah, I say Yang Chen for sure. Yeah. Just like well, even it's the Mai and not May and Lake Cloud Guy. And... Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, even in the audiobook, they say Yang Chen. Yeah. It's so Yang Chen. Anyway. I'm not, not buying. You know, uh, since since Kelsang is based off that real life, it was, what is it, Kelsang Gyatso? Um, uh, no, that's Tenzin, Tenzin Gyatso. Uh, it was the Dalai Lama. But Kelsang was based on somebody real, also. 
So maybe we should just learn oh, yeah. how to pronounce yeah, that guy's. Yeah. Okay, you keep going. I'm going to look for a pronunciation of that guy's name, and we'll just see if the audiobook guy is wrong. Yeah, pretty much this chapter is just uh, uh, a, a like flashback to Korok's life and his upbringing with all his masters. And you're seeing it through Kyoshi's eyes, but Kyoshi doesn't, she's kind of like, this is useless, and she doesn't want to see it either, because she's like mad. She's like, I wish Kyosang would see Jiandri for who he was, that one day he'll kill his friend, and how could Korok like, befriend all these people? Korok like, loved his friends. Like I love this passage where it says, like his friends, he loved them so much. Life was good. It was simply good, and the world was a wonderful place. Like that's that's some good deep friendship there, which makes it all feel even worse knowing how it ends with Quirk dying at thirty-three, with Janju killing Kel Song, with Kyoshi killing Janju, uh, with Heron almost being killed herself. Like it would have been like watching, like watching at the time, watching Community or something, and and then like one of them turns violently murderous. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that is. Uh... Uh, for the record, it is it is uh, Kelsang. It is Kelsang Gyatso, but it's just with one A. But it's Kelsang. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, uh, audio book guy, but I'm taking I'm taking the internet <laughs> side this time. I'm still really grateful um, that that's that it. you got to hear pronunciation. Yeah, um, actually, both those audio. But I, I put in more money into this than I needed because, yeah, if you want to, if you're like in the United States and your library has a partnership with Hoopla, the app, which is an amazing app, I highly recommend it. it. Has like thousands of comics, even recent comics to read, and books and audiobooks. You have Ride Kyoshi and Shout Out Kyoshi on there. Not the audiobooks, but the, the digital books. Um, I had to buy the audiobooks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I probably will at some like, point too, just to support the uh, support the series <laughs> that I hope continues to live on in other ways. All right, next chapter, real quick. It's another flashback to Yoon and Father Glowworm. They've been fighting for like, well, it's probably been days because he can still earthbend in the spirit world, and like the, the spirit is is kind of like how Vatu, like if you beat part of him, some of him comes off. He kind of becomes smaller, so he's been becoming smaller. And then uh, pretty much the spirit is like, hey, let's make a deal. Like, let's fuse together, and I can get you back into the real world. And then he was like, deal. But then he tricks them, and he weakens the spirit even more. And then it ends with Yoon just eating the spirit, Father Glow Warm. They describe it like taking a drug. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to pop this little spirit pill right here anyways. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, at the end of the chapter before that, Kyoshi like wakes up out out of the uh, out of the spirit world or the, the vision that she got, and, uh, and even Nia Niahata is like you were like he was amazed at her spiritual prowess. Anyway, they get out of that. So resignation starts with the side of this whole like mountainside saying. Like long live or long reign, Fire Lord Chajin, which if all the people down in town are gonna see that, that's like a sign, a declaration of war. Straight from the spirits too. I mean it's like it's exactly like, it's and that's the, the thing, like, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so then get the feeling that that uh, you kind of get the sense, and Kyoshi, I think, is starting to kind of get the sense that that Yoon is working with Chajin. Um, and so they go back to this whole village thing, and fights break out between people who support Zoryu, people who support um, Chajin. There's a pretty cool. Uh, oh, this is where Yoon fights Heron. And are we in survival or are we in resignation now? Chapter one. Resignation. We're in resignation now. So the message at the very yes. end of the message, they saw the message in the crops, and then the survival was the message. The, the, the literal message. Yeah, it makes sense actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then the survival. <laughs> Yoon eats the spirit. Father Glowworm. Yes. And now we're in resignation. All these fights are breaking out. There's lots of tension. And uh, if I may jump ahead a little bit here, one of the most infuriating uh, moments in the book, in a good way, not like infuriating at the writing, infuriating like my relationship with the characters. Oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, when... So, Yoon and Heron fight, and then... Um, is this the? I might be getting it mixed up, and I hope I'm not. But isn't that at some point prior to this, hadn't they had a talk where Heron and Kyoshi were discussing? Yes. If yep. if you have to make a choice, you leave me to die, and you go catch Yoon, and then that exact thing happens, yes. and, and even like, use me as bait. Yeah, like literal bait. Like he's just she gets it. She's just an old lady. Like it's not a big deal. She's had a good life. She's dishonored. Like this was our whole purpose of coming. And being dishonored is kind of what made it okay. It made it freeing. It was brilliant. Like they had, and then Kyoshi just like, like didn't. And I was as mad, easily as mad as I was at Zuko in the Crossroads of Destiny. I was easily that. Uh, oh, mad at Kyoshi? Yeah, like I wasn't mad at Kyoshi. I was, I was super pissed. They had an agreement, and it was, it was fine. It was gonna Ooh. work. This is part of being an avatar, like making the split second choices that uh, Atuat had 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 sort of hinted at, foreshadowed at previously. And I was like, Kyoshi, you, you right, you did it. It's how it was supposed to go, and you screwed it up because you're stupid. I was really pissed. <laughs> yeah, so Kyoshi walks in on Heron and Yoon playing Pasho, which. It kind of annoys Kyoshi because she's like, this is another one of those things that as an avatar I should probably be able to play because it's a game that's played by all four nations, but I don't. And Yoon was so good at it. And Cork was also good at it. And it makes her feel more like a failure also. Okay, so, yes, so Yoon had just declared victory in 17 moves, I believe. Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, just because of the whole... He's great at... He, he, he has so many strengths that Kyoshi doesn't have, right? And then they all just get flaunted in Kyoshi's face all the time. Um, and pretty much he then moves to kill Heron. And he, like, stabs her in the neck. But a similar move that I feel like Jianju used on Kel saying. Um, and then... Um, yeah, pretty much he, he kills her in that. Or he, he's about to kill her. Essentially, it's like she's so kind of able to pull away from it just enough to uh, avoid like an instant death. Was kind of how I read it. Yeah. Uh, real quick note: 
uh, hey, Ron, I'm sorry, Rangi got in a fight with one of her old, her old classmates, which when they introduce each other, like in a couple chapters before that, like they, they're really nice to each other. Like Rangi's really happy to see her. Like to the I point of making Kyoshi jealous. Yes. I thought that was going to be like Rangi's first love interest. And it was going to be a plot point. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a way bigger deal than it turned out to be. Turned to be that her and that lady, her and that woman, or student, old student, former former <laughs> student, like, yeah, right, former classmate, yeah, our rivals, our rivals of each other, and then anyway, in this fight breaking out, hey Ron, I'm sorry, um, that student, that little classmate makes fun of Rangi's mother, hey Ron, and then Rangi takes it really personal and fights her, pretty much beats the crap out of her yeah. to a point that it's just so out of character for Rangi to do like these emotional things, even kill she has to snap. Kiyoshi, of all people, has snap Rangi out of it. Yeah, no accidental Agni Kai deaths here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, moves right into weakness, where um, where Yoon is trying to kill uh, Heron, and Heron ends up fire blasting him. You know, she couldn't like fire bend that well before, so he has to leave because he got hurt really badly. Yeah, she got his arm really good. I just I also want to point out really quick, just as a reminder, that Paisho, um, obviously prevalent throughout the series, but just to remind you that one of the reasons they thought Hune was the Avatar is because he had employed like the exact same strategy as Kurok, which, you know, to them was like, Oh see, that's the spirit being channeled through. But in reality, if they're both really good Paisho players, then maybe yeah. that's just really good Paisho strategy in hindsight is twenty twenty. But Anyway, okay. that's the, the symbolism quick, of playing the pie show there. Real quickly, I had a random thought today about how um, in the episode Avatar Day, Aang has to answer for the crimes of his past life, Kyoshi. And then I got to think, like, that's unfair. Like, only Aang you can prove the past lives that he had them to. Like, everyone else has past lives, according to, I think, Avatar lore. just can't prove it. But Aang, you can clearly prove it. So he has to answer for his past lives. And then I started thinking of, like, <laughs> like eventually um I love that happened in the real world like you have to answer like everyone has past lives it's like well hey you gotta answer for your past lives so how do you prove it to me the way you prove it is social security cards <laughs> <laughs> because we all know like right like your soul gets a social security number and, and we, we can all remember our social security card like more than our own phone numbers and it's very unique to us so like, you just line kids up, and you, you just say, hey, write the first uh, 10 numbers that come to mind, nine. and you write them down. Nine? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Write the first nine numbers that come to mind, and then you trace it back. Oh, you were this person. Okay, um, you're going to have to spend a couple of years in jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, hey, would you like to go meet your, your old family? And like It'll be weirdly... Interesting. Oh, someone should write a. Oh, a, your a, oh, your ancestor <laughs> was Nikola Tesla. Congratulations, it's a good one. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. that. You automatically get a couple. Get <laughs> you get some shares. You, you win. Yeah, you've done it. Um, but anyway, back to the story. No, so, it's a, yeah. Uh, get them all to write down a favorite number. I dig it. <laughs> you you gets away. Uh, Heron is still alive. Kyoshi like clings her to life for Atua to get there and save her. And so 
Deontay Watt is saving Hayron. The same time, Rangi is in there. <laughs> and then Deontay Watt comes out. She says, "She's absolutely livid with you." The doctor said, "Kyoshi," and Kyoshi says, "Which one?" <laughs> she says, "Both." And and Rangi I'm just livid. Goes off. I'm livid with you too, Kyoshi. What were you thinking? Um. Rangi gets so mad at Kyoshi because pretty much Kyoshi uses she in her head Kyoshi used her mother as bait. And of course Heron's mad at her, but Heron's not necessarily all that mad at her, but Rangi is just fuming with it. I mean Heron's um, a little Rangi unhappy that didn't she like almost died as part of this strategy and then Demi just let you get away. Yeah. Uh, so Kyoshi says, Rangi, please, I'm sorry. Don't apologize to me, Rangi said. There's no need, because from this point on, I am nothing to you. Do you hear me, Avatar Kyoshi? Nothing. <laughs> um, and Kyoshi's just, like, beaten down. Like, she called me Avatar Kyoshi. Everything's so normal. Like, he says that Kyoshi's body begins to heave. She took great gulps, her insides twisting. And she just, like, she can't handle... Like, this is Rangi breaking up with her. And she can't handle Rangi not being in her life. She's like, who am I without Rangi? Like, it's it's such a it's such a sad moment. <laughs> like you know, she's just so down on on this breakup. And it, well, it's not just the break. Like she knows she screwed up in in both in both regards. Yeah. And it says there was a precise little flick against Kyoshi's forehead. Something white and powdery fell to the floor. Also, so Heron got like stabbed in her neck. She can't talk anymore, so she's using chalk to talk. So she like signs. She writes really quickly to Kyoshi. Stop panicking. She's not leaving you. <laughs> Kyoshi, but but she said Kyoshi was a blubbering mess. A wreck threatening to spill his contents into the sea. Heron rolled her eyes. <laughs> like this is a this is a great. Mother, daughter-in-law moment. Um, and she says, Hiron says, she says a lot of things. Yes, she's angry with you. It doesn't mean she, she'll walk away forever. Um, <laughs> Kyoshi, how do you know? Rub, scrape. Like, <laughs> it's just her, like, erasing the whiteboard. She's my daughter. You think you know her so well? I've known her since she was born. Eventually, she'll come back with some sign that she still cares. Kyoshi wiped her face, sniffling like a little child. <laughs> I just imagine this like seven foot woman who's the most powerful person, just like, <laughs> but she's gonna she's leave. Getting those buggies on her hands. <laughs> yeah. Like, and also, she has bigger things to worry about. But to Kyoshi, this is the biggest thing. Um, like what if, like what if Heron was wrong? Um, anyway, they <laughs> they then come up with the with the with the thought that Yoon has been working with Chajin. Hey, isn't this the part where she gives a little family speech though? The little um, she's my family yes, yes, and she yeah, loves you, yeah. so you're my family. This yes, is, I'm gonna get to it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was already here. Um, yeah, I jumped the shark. Yes. So, all right. So then, 
so they talk about it. So I'll just read this whole passage, which is I, I just highlighted, make a lot of highlights in the book. Mm-hmm. I just highlighted like this whole thing because it's the whole passage that's one of my favorite moments of the book. Anyway. Um, so Kyoshi turns to leave, but her path was blocked by Rangi, storming back into the room. Rangi, Rangi glowered viciously at Kyoshi and pushed a steaming hot bowl into her hands. It was filled with plain yellow noodles. You haven't eaten since yesterday afternoon, she screamed. She hurled a pair of chopsticks on the floor and left as abruptly as she entered. Yoshi stared at the bowl. There hadn't been any fuel in the kitchen, which meant Rangi must have cooked it with her own fire bending. She looked up to see Heyron with an expression that almost crossed the line into smugness. See? Even faster than I thought. You mean everything to her, Kyoshi. She was running her chalk down to the numb. My daughter loves you, which means you are also my daughter. For better or worse, you are a part of our family. Iran smiled. <laughs> now go on before your food gets cold. You need your strength. Kyoshi bent her trembling knees and picked up the chopsticks, not caring they'd been on the floor. The noodles were unflavored, boiled from dry, and so overly acaline they still smelled of lye. They were the best thing she'd ever tasted. Tears ran down Kyoshi's face as she ate her meal. Iran watching to make sure she finished. She's like, oh, yeah. Can't it's take good it. Good writing there. Can't take it. <laughs> Gotta go hug my wife. Uh, I'll be right back. Yeah, and to me, that's that's one of the things I most love about this book is hey, Ron and Kyoshi opening up to each other. Like, yeah. like you know, the conversation before, hey, Ron was so um, obtuse and, and, and her talking to Kyoshi about them two being together that it's almost you don't realize that that's the conversation they're having but this here is so i listen you are part of my family i love rangi she loves you i love you like come on it's really good just uh i don't know it's really cool in the avatar universe to get to delve deeper into a, a great relationship yeah uh, so then they get the plan. Kyoshi has a stupid plan to go kidnap <laughs> Azu, the mother of Chachin. It's a, it's a dumb plan. <laughs> it's, I would, you know, I don't know if I thought it was dumb, but it's certainly not what I would pick. It's pretty risky. Pretty, and this is a chapter is called Escalation, right? Did we move to the next one? Yes. Yes, escalation. It is extremely risky, like all your chips on the table behind this one yeah. idea in very careless fashion. So Kyoshi's plan is pretty much just to interrogate the crap out of them, threaten them to the point of them admitting that they're working with Yoon, which will discredit them, which will credit the Fire Lord Zoryu. Anyway, so Kyoshi kidnaps Hazu, the mother of Chajin, and pretty much says, like, admit that you know Yoon. She's like, I don't know who that is besides seeing him at, at the party. Um, and... Uh, Oh, I think it's my book. Yeah, anyway, sorry. It's <laughs> um, I see him at that party, and it makes Kyoshi even more mad. Like, you know who Yoon is. Um, so Kyoshi gets really mad. She she does this really cool water bending. So she flung her. Water was calmness and tranquility, but it was the rangers. Anyway. Um, Kyoshi flung her energies at the ship, so she kidnapped him. Kidnap Kazu, and I think they're on like shore, and there's a ship over nearby. 
The ropes mooring to the dock snapped like threads. A wave as wide as a river carried the boat out to sea, lifting it higher. Once it reached a hundred yards out, Riptide Kyoshi created froze in a snap, leaving the ferry held in air by talons of ice. Azu's men jumped back and shouted in astonishment. Um, and Atsuat is there, and even she's like in awe of Kyoshi's power. And she wasn't even in Avatar State. And Atwa says, you've got enough raw power to freeze the polar oak orca solid. Um, yeah, so that, to me, that was just a cool moment of Kyoshi showing off how powerful she is. She's got to make sure Chajin's mama knows she's serious. Yeah. Um, which, hey, Ron is talking to Kyoshi about this plan. And, uh, and then she says, by doing... Kyoshi says, by doing this, I'm ruining my honor. And Heiron says, only because you understand the true meaning and value of the word. Honor cannot be coveted too dearly, young lady. Sometimes it must be laid down for the good of others. That so I think, I think that was a good talk it. about. <laughs> um, so then it moves on to the next chapter, The Companion. I'm hungry, Azu said. If Kyoshi could keep only one lesson she learned in her 17 or so years of life, it was that your choice of traveling companions was the most important thing you could ever make. Yeah. <laughs> just the I'm hungry part I wanted to read. <laughs> that's, no, that's... Well, and at first I actually thought you were just saying it. Because I forgot okay. that was the opening line. I'm like, a little hungry. Know, yeah, me too, things. actually. Um, so, in this, pretty much, um, pretty much this chapter is just... Hazu talking about how she was in love with Fire Lord before um, Zoryu, his father, and how um, and, and how kind of absent-minded I forget um, his wife was because she like named you know, Zoryu after a member or after something that Hazu should name people after of, and that was like disrespect. Also in this chapter, Jinpa is accompanying uh, Kyoshi on this stupid mission. And she's kind of like, they're having this conversation, and she's just kind of like, you're kind of an anomaly, like you're an air nomad, but you haven't really questioned me all that much. Like, I go around beating the crap out of people. I've killed people. And, uh, and this plan I'm having is just so not an air nomad way. Like, why aren't you saying more? Um, and he pretty much just says, like, I'm an air nomad, but I'm more than that. Like, I belong to another community. He's alluding to being part of the White Lotus. And he said, yes, the senior members of the group agreed I should help you establish your avatar hood in whatever way I can. So he just kind of goes on. I just find that interesting about um, about Jempa. This chapter, I think, makes him seem more, more interesting how he's dealing with being part of the White Lotus while also being and Air Nomad, and how those two things aren't. Um, you know, they come into conflict with each other. And she made a, made like a jibe earlier at Jinpa about this other group that he was part of, and so it's nice to like see that alluded to again. Like he kind of forgot about it for a while, and then, yeah. wait, there's more. Yeah. Uh, so now on to chapter The Edge. Uh, essentially, in this chapter, Kyoshi... <laughs> catches um, 
she kidnaps Chajin, leader of the, the Salyan clan, and she just tries to interrogate the crap out of them. And he's kind of being smug about it, like, oh, Avatar, you've done, like, done so much good to me, like, because of your stupidity, like, I have even more credibility to become the Fire Lord than it was than I had before. Um, and then Kyoshi pretty much, I forget how she threatens them exactly, but I imagine they're, like, on a cliffside, she's, like, about to earthbend them to their death. <laughs> I had a hard time visualizing it, but yeah, there's a uh, big old waves and rocks and things below, and it's on a cliff and uh, threatening. Just doing the Batman thing, where the, where the rest of the drugs. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, um, yeah, and Jennifer's like, Kyoshi, you got to stop. She's really about to kill these people. Um, so much to the point that like. Quirk has to intervene, just as Kyoshi. This isn't who you are. Um, as Chajin raised his tear-stained face and welled in helplessness. And, uh, and really, it's a time that Kyoshi... I think she comes to grips that she, she can't... She can't just be like, going around just feeling out justice in her own way. Because um, this clearly didn't work, and she doesn't want to become that, that person that threatens the lives of innocent quotation, innocent people because they really weren't working with Yoon and she realizes that. But how gratifying just to hear him crying, right? Is that almost make it true, worthwhile? True. Like, uh, no, but close. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I feel like <laughs> if, if he had become an avatar, I mean, if he had become a fire lord, like, Kyoshi would have him in his pocket, in her pocket. <laughs> I mean, she made this I man cry. Off a cliff, he cried like a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that story to everybody. I was. Next I don't chapter. know. I, I can see. I can see Jinpa like like chiming in, like, "Hey, this is a little too far." But even then, I thought, "Oh, they just contrived this ahead of time, like a cop bad cop style." Until Kurok jumped in, I was like, "Oh, never mind. I wasn't playing that that." Sorry, Jinpa. <laughs> Uh, pretty much in this chapter, Shapes of Life and Death, uh, Zoryu calls a meeting and he pretty much lies that he's caught Yoon. And he just has this person take the place of Yoon. He's like, yeah, we're going to kill this person. And to me, that's really the most of that chapter. It's really not even that interesting to me besides Kyoshi being like, this, this dude, like, I thought he was cool. Now he's lying. And now, now even now he's about to kill this innocent person. And bribing him just by saying, hey, you let me kill you, I'll give your family money. Like, cool, and that guy's broke as hell, so he <laughs> has to say yes. Um, I, the only thing I thought in this chapter was uh, I kind of did a complete 180 at this point, and I was thinking, oh, maybe this whole thing was orchestrated by, by Zoryu. Like, everything down, yeah, down from I the, thought that the too. party onward. Yeah. And I was, like, to the extent that I was really convinced um, yeah. uh Probably, I think, like, next chapter already kind of clears it up. But I thought that was going to be a heck of a twist. That, like, he had orchestrated everything. Uh, yeah. like, he knew he was too soft, and this was his way of, like, establishing power. I was... Uh, I, think, I, was, I thought that would have been interesting, actually. I do, too. I, I was really into that. I don't know what... what I, uh, can we chalk that up for a what-if video someday? Because I think that'd be a good one. Okay. Um, but anyway, 
in the end because it didn't work that way and also because of the reasons you mentioned before yeah not the most interesting chapter but know that he's essentially got a look-alike for you that he's gonna sacrifice he has that guy say yeah i did it i was working with these groups and then he's gonna execute him and that was gonna solve most of the problem he's gonna execute him and, and lock up the the salon yeah he says uh what do you care if a single peasant lives or dies so at one point Yoshi. In the next chapter, I'm just giving the next chapter, shapes uh, house cleaning. Yeah. Yoshi confronts Zoryu about his lies and stuff. And then, because she doesn't, she's like, you shouldn't kill this innocent man. He says, what do you care if a single peasant lives or dies? She says, I care more for his life than I do yours right now. Let me make myself perfectly clear. You live on top of what I control. Your islands are surrounded by my ways. You fill your very lungs at my discretion. So if I hear any news about Yoon, quotation marks, being executed, you will truly learn what, what it's like when the spirits forsake you in the face of the elements. So I just love that thread. Yeah, that like, is a tremendous little come-to-Jesus moment that he's yeah. having right now. Like, your little islands, I could just wipe them <laughs> that's like a, That's like mom threat level five right there. Is when, that, when you're in that much trouble, that's what that feels like. At my discretion. Uh, yeah, so next chapter, second chances. This, I feel like, is a, it's a really good chapter. It's another kind of dumb plan by Kyoshi, but it's a smarter dumb plan by Kyoshi. It's better than they deserve to contrive <laughs> at this point. Let's go that far. So Kyoshi just employs like some, some fishermen or something. She wants to go to the spot that Avatar Quirk like destroyed that used to be a special spot for Yangchen. And she's pretty much just like, I'm gonna drown myself, and then maybe I can connect to Quirk that way. <laughs> not not, not a great I've had better ideas. I don't know. Yeah. You tried praying. Um, <laughs> and uh she just goes like just deep into this water and she says, Quirk. Get out of here now before I die, or I will cross over to the other side and come after you. <laughs> there. This just next, the next part of the chapter is like, kid, you can open your eyes. Like Quirk, he says kid a lot to Kyoshi, which I guess is uh, like thirteen years like, his inferior. That's it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like like even Roku never called Aang kid. It's like maybe because Roku's like this is my fault. Hey, kid. Maybe go, because go Aang is 112 or whatever. You know, that's not a kid. <laughs> Maybe. In one sense, Aang is older than Roku. Roku's like, hey, old people like us, guys. So, and <laughs> guys, uh, I'm 12. <laughs> that's what happened. Um, yeah, so uh, this might be one of my favorite chapters. Um, yeah. They, so, so Kyoshi, you, this is the. This is the chapter that is the most revealing of any in the book. Maybe not the best or most interesting, but the most revealing of Avatar lore. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, the thing is, Quirk, for all, for all the redemption that Quirk gets in, in this book, he still is also kind of dumbfounded in a lot of other ways. He, he's um, still not. Or, he is re-ranked appropriately in our upcoming Avatar re-rankings. <laughs> 
So he's talking to Kyoshi. He's like, I've been trying to get a hold of you for the longest time, but I needed your help to do it. Now we are talking to their past lives requires true willingness from both sides. It says, like, his message to her and like, in, the, in the last book was, need your help. He hadn't been asking for a favor from beyond the grave. He needed her help in order to communicate properly of all the, <laughs> of all the stupid, unclear ways for him to put it. <laughs> like, I need your help. Like, Just tell no, me like, to, like, uh, turn the phone on on my side. Make it a little more clear. Yeah. Like, I need your help was so vague. Like, it could be, like, it could be, like, the world's going to end. Not, like, hey, I got a bad connection. I need you. Can you call me from your side also, please? No, I was the same way. I was, like, uh, the, you know, danger in the spirit world or something like yeah. that. Nope. I feel stupid because I did, like, a predictions video for this book. Like, oh, Kirk said he needs your help. I wonder does he need help with, like, hold the face stealer or, like, something else. And uh, he just needed help talking. We'll get to that, and it may not fall in this video, but the the lack of of discussion of his wife and Co the Face Stealer in this book was was kind of a down spot for me. But that might be a discussion for another day, because I did too. I yeah. thought that was going to be a big part of it. It turns out we're like half ish, half ish, right? Maybe a third. We are a third, right? Yeah. So uh, so they talk. They talk about. Um, Part of Glowworm, and and Quirk says like, "Oh, dark spirits come out. Don't spirits don't really come near me because I've killed dark spirits. I used to hunt them." And then uh, <laughs> Kyoshi says like, "You are something else. Like it's just like the most infuriating, infuriating way. Of just like I can't believe you. You're hunting spirits. You're the avatar. Come on." Um, and he says, "It's not what you think." Yenchen, and then he cuts himself off, which I love. Cork for cutting himself off because he could have explained it all to her, but he still wants to uphold Yang Chen's legacy. Good name of Yang. Yeah. yeah. But he could have easily like rolled into rationalization right there. You know? Then, which I, okay, I, I love the dynamic between Kyoshi and Cork because before Kyoshi cuts him off, he says, Yang Chen, she says, Don't you dare. Don't you dare bring her into this. You're not worthy of her legacy. Your name belongs in the gutter with mine, which is just like, more so saying how both of them are, are very much alike. Nice. <laughs> the narration reads, here she was in the middle of the most sacred act an avatar could perform, except she was Kyoshi and Kirk was Kirk. Had there, had there ever been a worse duo in history, disaster followed by catastrophe. What a beautiful uh, circle of, of verbiage. Yeah. And then Kyoshi rips into him, like, she says, I hate you. You had everything handed to you. Ancient gave her legacy to you, and you squandered it. You left me a world full of nothing but suffering and misery. And that's, to me, that, that's unfair for a lot of reasons, but for the most part, I think it's unfair because, to me, that's from, a, from her point of view, right? Like, Jianju kept the Earth Nation in fairly good form. Like, he, he brought a lot of order to it. Granted, yeah. and by you know, getting the nickname Grave Digger by killing thousands of people. Okay, now that I'm making, <laughs> I shouldn't be giving Giancho props here. No, but uh, but I mean, just the idea that 
I'm gonna say generically it's unfair because every avatar has got stuff like there there is you're the avatar because chaos exists in the world and that's why you're here in the first place. Like every avatar gets gets a shit hand dealt in some regard. That yeah. is why you are you. So yeah, but she's having she's react overreacting like people do sometimes. So it it's fine. Yeah. So uh, next chapter is pretty much like it's just a straight. Um, it's the next chapter. I almost feel like the same chapter. Uh, lost friends, and in this one, Quirk is talking about. You know, she goes through the memories of Quirk just like she did before, but this time it's very pertinent. Um, it's um, about how you know he was with his four friends, but then he had like a vision of, of the spirit. He goes and he fights it. Um, and his and this spirit, I believe, was Father Glowworm. Yes. Um, anyway, and he says. Oh wait, no, different dark spirit. No, sorry, it's different, different dark spirit. Because he says, yeah, destroying the spirit had cost him a piece of his own somehow. So he didn't destroy. He never destroyed Father Glowworm. Um, so Kurik would hunt dark spirits, and uh, and they don't say why in this chapter that they're dark. He just he has to hunt them and kill them. He doesn't know how to deal with them any other way. Um. But it says, destroying the spirit had cost him a piece of his own. Somehow, he was bleeding inside, losing something more vital than blood. Vitality leeching away in a manner no healer could fit. He was cold. And then, you know, he would lie to his friends, telling him that he was, like, tricked by a spirit or something. Um, and then... And they're just, like, way, tricked by a spirit, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and at one point, you know... Uh, a fine, a fine lady uh, brings him a drink, and alcohol was the one thing that could like, warm him up and, and also warm him up with another person. So that was Kirk's life, you know, killing dark spirits, which took off more of his life, and drinking and enjoying the company uh, of some bad company in order to, I don't know, fill the void, I guess, or... Just make yeah. the best out of after, a bad situation. After he had, or thought he had, like a true love thing with Heron too, writing that poem, and they made that little nod earlier where Heron was like, "No relationships at work, wink." Yeah. Um. Uh, and then here comes a a part that I just really love because it, to me it's telling of Quirk. Uh, he's talking about his friends and how. Him, says he loved them so much. He loved their intelligence, their aspirations, their sheer nobility. They were simply good people. There was so much good this group could do for the world. That was why when the second spirit attacked came, he went to face it alone. Um, he could never, ever make them suffer what he had, not in a thousand lifetimes. Like he felt he didn't tell them because he didn't want them endangering their own lives. Because so, they would have gone with him like any good friends would have done. Or talked him yeah. out of it or something. But yeah. Very so we're starting to get this uh we don't know the full story yet. And we're still mad because we still think, hey, correct, you know, pissed him off somehow by hunting him is probably what I was thinking. Like he made him mad by hunting him in the first place or something like that. Uh but you're starting to see some sense of honor in the dude. Yeah. When it says, like, the world went on, it had competent people looking after it. 
it's I think it alludes back to what Kurt was saying to Aang, saying like the world solved its own problems. Um, and he, I mean, he didn't tell Aang the whole story <laughs> either. I mean, the spirit world didn't solve its own problems, but the world did. Exactly. Um, it says, Kirk was never one for meetings. He began to sleep through them, exhausted by the lingering pain and the wine he drank to dull it. So he, he just had a life like fighting dark spirits, knowing his life was going to end really soon and drinking to dull the pain. Because his nights were spent coercing at parties and taverns, at contests of bidding prowess, trying to feel as human as possible with as many different humans as possible. Which, get real quick, that... <laughs> I wonder if... The thing is, I wonder if the term humans is purposeful and not just women. <laughs> Maybe. I, I would say the the way the previous sentence is wording that's in regard to like all social aspects and not strictly romantic. Good. But I, that's true. Yep, but that, yeah. I don't know just how I read it. Hey, read no, it. No, 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 no. I think you're right. Read I think it, uh, it was valid. Let your headcanon run wild. That's true. Headcans would run wild all day. Then now people be like, "Oh, who's shipping Quirk with Jianju?" <laughs> they were all four. They were just a big traveling. You know what? That's too far for this podcast. But you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. So then, then he finally comes across Father Glowworm. His full name, Father Glowworm, the World Borer. It within the whole. Uh, you finally found a spirit that would actually talk. And apparently, if a spirit has a name, that's that's the a very uh, powerful, renowned spirit. Yeah, because like if you if you have a farm, you know, on the farm, you're not supposed to name the pets that you're going to eat. So the ones that have names, it's like a sign of respect over the other pets. Same same concept to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, then, what else? Oh, then he meets Father uh, Glowworm. They fight, and they kind of do lasting damage to each other. And Korg is like, "Well, oh, that's a pretty good victory." Uh, he thinks Father Glowworm is, is weakened; that he won't really come and um, he'll stay out of the human world for at least a generation or two. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. which it wasn't for Jianju. Right, it wouldn't have wouldn't have been an issue. He, he would have Fair. just probably stayed yeah. to himself. Um, but he had that opportunity to uh, to fuse up. Yeah. So here's one. I think here's one sentence just to sum up Korg. After the companions of his youth left his side, Korg had been alone, surrounded by a world that celebrated him, perhaps, but completely and utterly alone. And this is where this is this is the come to Jesus moment for these two, these two hard-headed individuals. And Kyoshi finally says, "I'm glad I finally reached you, Avatar Quirk. Like that is the most respectful thing she's ever said about him. Now I feel like she and it's not close. Really understands him. Yeah. So another another uh-huh. feels moment right there. He's getting this guy yeah. that we've hated, and now we've had to turn our opinion. All of us admit everybody hates. I'm not talking to you specifically, Chris, but you listeners, you hated him too. You know it. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't hate him. I, I, I you know what? I mean, as far as I just, one I just can, like, hate him. fictional f- 
fictional uh, characters that are supposed to be good guys. And if, if there's a capacity to hate that, then I, I did. I just thought very little of him, like everyone else in the, in the Avatar world. That's fair. Very um, anyway, Kiyoshi wakes up, and, uh, and the sea captain saves her, <laughs> even though she told him not to. Um, and that ends that chapter. So, next chapter, interlude, the man from the spirit world. So, Yoon gets out, and he goes to this, like, tavern or something, and he meets these people, and he realizes, so you, like... need to, or it's worth prefacing, I think this is, like, in the past, right? This is right after he yes. got done, uh, before he killed Jonju, right after he got done fighting Father Glowworm and popping him like a, like a bad pill. And this is his, yes. like, his, his sob story, kind of. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Pretty much, he, he, I don't know, I feel like he finds out that he's um, been lost to the world, or the world's going on. Like, the, this person doesn't, this person, like, admires Avatar Yoon, because he saved, is one of the people that they saved off the boats uh, that Takaka uh, kidnapped. But he doesn't even recognize Yoon, because Yoon doesn't look like himself. Anyway, Yoon kills a couple people. To the extent that he, like, can't even get a drink of water. Like, that's the big thing. Is Like, they respect Yoon, but I yeah. can't get a drink of water or something like that. So, exactly. Yeah, um, it's it's a good sob story for what it's worth, but he's just building up this rationalization in his head for for murder, potentially. Yes. Um. So, with with the help from Kyoshi, from Kura, Kyoshi realizes that um, Father Glowworm's spirit and after Kurok's spirit are, are somewhat intertwined. Like they they they're they've uh, very good rivals, and they can track each other. So then Kyoshi's able to track Yoon. To their home, and, and that's where they just have a fight. Kyoshi goes back. Yoon is there. They talk. Um, Kyoshi kind of talks bad at him. Like I forget exactly what she says, still kind but of forgiving of of them and like of her and Rangi. Like I don't think he yeah is sold on killing him any... at this point. And then she just pretty much like trashes him. Like no, we're gonna fight now and. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they fight. Kyoshi's kind of losing the fight. The fight's kind of hard to follow. I should really reread it. I had a really. Um, I'm glad you're saying this. It makes me feel better. I had a really hard time <clears throat> visualizing this fight, and maybe if I had a better like vision of the manner in my head from the previous book, but I didn't just reread the previous book, so I yeah. I had a tough time following it. And it's me. That's like. Maybe because it's so specifically action oriented, like this brick goes here, this brick goes there. But like her fight with Zhu in the previous book was like Kyoshi lifts him up into the sky with the cyclone at her feet and just waves one hand and bushes turn to fire. Zhu then blows fire and breathes fire at her face, but she sucks it up and swallows it and then she drops him from like it's. I don't know, it's so much easier to it's kind a, of visualize. It's a better, a, a better kind of detail in that first book. Where here, it, I don't know. I kept just like picturing him causing havoc in the mansion in in like the Jumanji movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. That, that's all I could. But mm. I was like, whatever. I'm reading words. It's it's havoc, but she's losing. You get that vibe. She's losing. Um. So, like, Yoon is kind of talking to her, like, you don't have to be the Avatar. Like, look what they did to you. Like, he says, um, like, 
He says, see, this is what I'm, talk what I'm talking about. They forced you to hide in this shell. They turned you from this gentle girl into a walking terror. After our hood is a curse. Look how it's made you treat me, your oldest, truest friend. And, uh... He's kind of pulling at the chaotic neutral strings. Yeah. And the kid pretty much says, I have friends truer than you. And then out of nowhere comes Karima and Wong from uh, that, that flying opera company. Because Kyoshi had a better plan this time. <laughs> Her plans get a Kyoshi little had better. Planted. Each time. Yeah, a little better. <laughs> the plan is to track down you and then get back up. Um... But no luck. I'm kidding. Oh, um, I do miss luck. He, um, he had a good one book life. Yeah. Uh, so, so Karima, Wong, Rangi is there. Kyoshi, they're all fighting you, and he's really powerful. Like he's so powerful, he's like shifting the earth. He eventually kind of takes them out. He does, he's kind of just it? playing. It's very uh, upsetting or unsettling as a reader because you feel like them coming like that was the master plan and you just kind of had it in your head that it was, was going to work. Yeah. At least I did. Eventually, eventually Wong and Kareem are completely taken out. Um, Yoon is kind of just playing with Kyoshi and Rong. He's so much more powerful than they are. Um, and like there's, there's this brick that's like white chalky brick and he like throws it at them. And this is the point where I can easily kind of visualize it a lot better. Um, he says the says the white powder from the bricks caked onto their features or their faces, and then they and Rangi and Kyoshi looks at each other and they're like, "Oh, we know why we haven't been at our best because Kyoshi has been in makeup this whole time, and they're like we don't have on our our faces, our true faces, and so like they use their faces already white. They use like blood from their lips to like paint themselves, which is really cool. Just to me, that visual I can way more easily picture." Some yeah. it's just like dust and everywhere. Rangi looks at Kyoshi. Kyoshi looks at Rangi. They don't say anything, but they know why. They know what they need to do. You know how baller move it is to use your own blood as face paint in the middle of a fight? That has got to be. Oh, that is the boldest power move mid-fight I can possibly think of. Um, yeah. Is this also the point where, where Jinpa comes up with, with Ying Yong? Oh yeah, Jinpa's there too, fighting as well. And I uh, fight well. No, I miss one. Kind of, but it, he's just kind of on rescue mission first. He's trying to pull him yes. out of there when, or at least uh, Karima and and Wong, he's trying to get them out of there. I don't remember if they succeeds off the top of my head, but yeah. Uh, so there's one part of the fight that's really good. It's just Rangi and Kyoshi versus Yoon, and it says like Kyoshi makes a huge fireball, shoots it at Yoon, uh, but it misses. Uh, but it says, but Rangi acted faster and better than them both. Uh, from her higher vantage point, she spun her arms in a circular, mimicking a waterbender, redirecting the flames Kyoshi had put out into the world. Yo, Kyoshi saw her fireball change course behind Yoon, like the orbit of a comet, and come around for a second pass. Yeah, so it says, the raw power of the Avatar's fire, guided by the refined skill of the Avatar's firebending seafood in tandem. Maybe they'd done it. Um, so like they hit, finally got a good hit on you. So to me, that's kind of referencing Iroh learning lightning redirection from waterbenders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool visual. I don't know how it actually yeah. looked, but in my mind, it was very like Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so then it says that like they thought that they had defeated him, but Yoon rose up, and then Yoon stabs Rangi, and uh, yeah, he stabs her. And Kyoshi is kind of like she could just easily go into the Avatar state and finishes this, but the way the passage reads is that um, Kyoshi shuts shut her eyes. She knew if she opened them, light would shine forth. The elements would flow through her, and her bending would rage unstoppably until she was left victorious, last person standing. A thousand voices told her so. It had been decided long before she was born that that power was adequate compensation for losing what she held most dear. Um, but what was the point anymore? What did the generations have to offer her with sorrow and pain? All she knew as she rocked back and forth, cradling the girl she loved, and a lullaby of grief was that if Rangi was taken from her, she would no longer be Kyoshi. She would no longer be human. She would forever be on the other side of the rift, among the swirling colors of the void she glimpsed in the spirit world, watching humans from afar, a terrible and alien presence. And it was just, Kyoshi. Rangi's voice was the only sound that could make her see right now. If I were to reach for her face, stay here with me. Um... And then and it kind of talks about how um, how she now sees Yoon and how he would rather like those two are are parallel to each other. Yoon gets terrible treatment from the world and he would rather see the world break um, than his own self-regard. Kyoshi could do it easily. She, you know she could break the world, but she doesn't. So then she kind of apologizes to Yoon. Yeah, he's like, yeah, good. Good start. She's like, I'm sorry for saying you had to live with your pain because you won't. And then she like puts her hand close to him because she's, she's holding Rangi in one hand. She's dying. And Yoon comes in closer. So she freezes. She does what Atuat told her, but she overpowered it and pretty much freezes his inside. And kills him. Which at that point, all I was thinking about is, I'm super glad that Atuat like just made that little note about won't let the men learn from me. I was like, that line sounds way more kick ass now. Yeah, it sounded kick ass then. Sounds even better now. It's a good line. That says Kyoshi took the hand with, with which she killed one of the two people she loved most and placed it against the wound of the other. Um, in the water. And then she like she uses the avatar state a little bit to just find water to heal uh, Rangi. Yeah, no, she did use avatar state. It says the, the broken ground in front of her rumbled and cracked. A tiny trickle of water leaked out from the well that supplied the mansion. It was the same water she hauled up by the bucket during her servant days. She nearly laughed at perhaps the most underwhelming use of the Avatar state in history. I was actually sort of hoping, like, at, in hindsight, I don't know if that's thing at the time, but would it have been cool if she kind of invented bloodbending? Like, that'd be baller, and just stole water out of, uh, out of Yoon. <laughs> like, he's, a, well, I was thinking, he's a 70% water sack. Use some of his. I was thinking that she would just use the power that it wasn't getting the water that would be using the Avatar State is that she would get the water from any source close by whatever, but like a normal healer wouldn't be able to heal that person. But because she would like go into the Avatar State, access even more great power, and then heal her. 
with the Avatar State. Yeah, like something like yeah. we're missing, but you, this at least made for a funny, uh, funny joke ish. Some irony using the Avatar State for a little water. Oh, the next paragraph says she had to reduce her power as much as she could in order not to damage Rangi further. Um, but there was no more fear in Kyoshi's heart. She would be her own miracle this time. But you know what? Scratch what I just said. That writing there makes it a little bit. It helps, yeah. It helps. Yeah. Um, so she ends up <laughs> saving, some time goes by, she ends up saving Rangi and uh, you pretty much are just like, oh, so it's over now and it just ends with them two uh, they cried for their friend because Kyoshi had to kill him. Alright, and then so then, uh, pretty much that's the end of the conflict. But there's a little bit of a two pro two epilogues, really. So in this chapter is the meeting, and <clears throat> in this one, uh, Kyoshi goes like, I don't know, this spiritual place, whatever. Um, oh, I don't want to skip over this because this is where they leave off Rangi and Kyoshi's relationship. Um, she's talking about like will the world think of her and then Rangi says like I don't know what they'll think of her like Rangi says I don't know I can't tell you anything certain about the future only that I'll be there with you so, uh, so she leaned over what can I read right now she leaned over supporting herself on the crutch she'd taken from me and kissed Yoshi on the top of the chair um, Kyoshi waited and waited until she finally thought of the right trouble to give. Oh, they're at his graveyard. Okay. Or, yeah, that's right. Kyoshi dug him a grave. Anyway, this fox comes by and, uh, and, uh, this fox comes by and leads, yeah, this, this fox comes by and leads Kyoshi somewhere, and Kyoshi's like, sure, I'll follow the spots, whatever. It looked like um, he wanted to be followed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she thinks she knows, like, all right, it's Avatar time. Like, let me go talk to Kirk. Like, he's he's cool now. Anyway, <laughs> um, and so she says, anyway, she smiled when she felt a presence across from her, and she says, "I don't want to relive memories of you swimming in this pool." Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're nested up swimming pool. Because <laughs> before, Cork was just pretty much giving her memories. wasn't really talking the same way that they talk often. And then uh, a woman's voice replied, sure. And Kyoshi opens her eyes. It wasn't Kirk sitting in front of her. Um, Kyoshi goes, no, no, no. And, like, Kyoshi thinks she's seeing, says Kyoshi, um, she wasn't ready to see her mother's ghost. What kind of cruel trick of death was being played on her? How had Jessa of the Eastern Air Temple come back to hunt her? Uh, and like Kyoshi was like running away. Um, and then she says like, I know. Oh wait. Uh, oh, she says you're not here. You're supposed to be dead. <laughs> and then the person says, I know. Question mark. Kyoshi, who do you think I am? And then Kyoshi caught her breath. And she says, Yang Chen, it's you. Um, 
<laughs> it says the air avatar gave her a molly embarrassed smile. Um, you look just like her, Kyoshi sobbed. You look just like my mother. Yangshin was surprised, but being the woman of legendary compassion, she knew exactly what to do. She opened her arms, and Kyoshi fell into her embrace. The feeling of air nomad robes against her face reminded, of, reminded Kyoshi of Kelsang, and her bawling reached a higher pitch. Oh, my child. Yangshin murmured, despite what they just established to the contrary. She hugged Kyoshi to her chest and stroked her hair. I'm so... I'm sorry, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you before, but I'm here now. Everything's going to be all right. Like that, I know I know we knocked we may knock Yang Chen down a peg or two from learning more things from her. But this moment also But also this moment humanizes her more and it makes her a better character to me. Like I I just love how she embraces Kyoshi like that. Got my eyes all welling up over here. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is pretty much kill. She's just pouring herself <laughs> into Yang Chen. Um, I mean, in her mind, like there's a small way that's like meeting God. It's a literal come yeah. to Jesus moment oh. for her, sort of. You know, wild. Yeah, like yeah, especially like you know, she says, it's "My child." Like, that's me. The only people who ever say stuff like my child, the yeah. people who aren't their child. Yeah, like if Jesus, like Jesus, yeah, I read something about like my child. Like we are children of. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Um, yeah, very, very similar to that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's pretty much like, I'm so happy to talk to you. Like, you're the first person I can talk to. And she's pretty much like, Kirk didn't help you? <laughs> just still funny to me. Uh, I just love how different all the avatars are. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> and, um, it, was Kirk not able to guide you? Kirk spent his days battling dark spirits, not and then Kyoshi was going to finish. Um, and she says, like, but that was doing the water out. Okay. Uh, Yang Chen read her thoughts, feet made easier by the fact they were the same person. And so pretty much at one point Kyoshi's kind of saying, like, Kirk just spent his time, you know, like killing dark spirits. He wasn't that spiritual of a person. And then Yang Chen can feel her her misjudgment of Kirk, and she says, like, let me ask you a question, Kyoshi. Have you ever wondered why there were so many angry spirits during Kirk's time? She's like, yeah, what do you <laughs> do to piss them all off? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, Kyoshi, I was the problem. So essentially, Yang Chen, you know, she was, she was amazing at dealing with the human world when it came to spirits and the human um, connection being that bridge. She wasn't the greatest bridge because the bridge kind of went one way. <laughs> she she made promises on behalf of humans to the spirits. They would uphold certain things or lands and take care of them. And then the humans would not follow those same promises. But Yang-Chin would mostly always side on the side of humans, which turned spirits into dark spirits. Um, a couple of notable things Yang-Chin says, Yoshi, every avatar makes mistakes. And I was fairly consistent in mine. When humans violated the promise I made on their behalf, too many times spirits turned dark and wrathful. Those were the ones. Those were the ones Kurt was forced to hunt down. I gave each nation everything it wanted, but only realized my error too late. People shouldn't have everything they want. No one is entitled to their very desire. To live in balance, we must willingly decide not to take all that we can from the world and from others. 
And then she, you know, she goes on to say, um, my choices ultimately led to Kirk's suffering. The poor boy thought it was his duty to maintain my legacy and reputation. So he did it alone without sharing his burden. He might have done things differently had I known how much pain I'd be causing my successor. Um, <laughs> and then Yang Chen, sensing kill, she's like, I can see that you're a little disappointed. Um, it's really funny because reading, um, I'm, I'm rereading or listening to Rise of Kyoshi now, and like Rangi, like Air Nomads are like the most high esteemed people in the world. Right, they're like they're up on another level, especially with speciality, with how good of people they are. Like Rangi learning that Kyoshi's mother was a Daofei and a criminal, it it made her like <laughs> the way they say it is pretty much she she lost faith in Santa Claus. It was like finding out that your parents had to look for your kid, that your parents are the ones <laughs> putting the presents. Because even when your parents aren't, you know, air nomads or like from some esteemed group, like we all still get that, you know, our parents are superhero vibes for a little part of our life, right? And she didn't have her yeah. parents around, so that realization that they're human didn't come till later. Yeah. Um, and then, um, oh, that, that was something Rangi had to deal with. Um, and so I feel like here, Kyoshi is dealing with that with Yang Chen, like Yang Chen, put Yang Chen on a pedestal. And then Yang Chen says, I can sense you're a little disappointed. Um, and, uh, and eventually, Yang Chen says, there are thousands of generations of past lives in the Avatar cycle. You could spend a thousand years talking to us, and you still wouldn't know how to best guide the world. This is what you must forego, Kyoshi, the easy answers. You must give up your desire for someone to tell you your choices were correct in the end. Um, and I, I find that really interesting. Like, every Avatar has to make their own their own path, no matter if they have a bunch of past lives guiding them on what to do. Yeah, and literally there's never, it's like going to be impossible for anyone to validate those decisions as the way that uh, maybe regular humans would like. Well, I yeah. suppose avatars would like to, but... Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Yang Chen just ends up with like, hey, you destroyed this turtle thing um, this one that ancient avatar relics needs to replace it because we only have one more lifetime until we're going to need that to find the next avatar. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's maybe just a continuity fit because I'm sure people are like, well, hey, that's one of the ones that Aang found. And like, oh, well, Kyoshi replaced it. Probably just by like, I imagine Kyoshi finding one just like it and then being like, I have to carry this thing around. That way my spirit will like Sort of vibe <laughs> into it, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine Kyoshi just being like at a dinner party, just just walking with the toy. Hey, Kyoshi, what are you doing? This avatar stuff. Don't just don't worry just, about it. <laughs> she's like saying a little nightly prayer to it, like please go into it, please go into it. <laughs> um, oh, that's how that sense. conversation ends. In this chapter, epilogue. I'll do one last. Morgan Freeman impression. Start here. the night how, uh, in the night how we started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Northeast Ohio is bigger than basketball to me. <laughs> Definitely watching that as soon as we're done. After a long day in a tower study, surrounded by relics of his ancestors and the journals of Tiles the Strong, Fire Lords are you? 
Vice Chancellor Kalil, late Chancellor Darwin's former student and successor. Gosh, I wish I ended on a better one. That's not as good. It's not the most, but it is an epilogue in its defense, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious what the. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. You know what? Wait, what's the last sentence? Yeah, read the dead end. Maybe that'll be okay. Right, yeah. So, pretty much this, this epilogue is, uh, or this prologue, epilogue is uh, Lauga. Lauga coming back. He's working for Kiyoshi. He, <laughs> he didn't show up earlier and so, nobody really knew where he was. That's important. I think. Yeah. He shows up to Fire Lord, Zoryu's place. It's like, listen, Kiyoshi sent me here to tell you, because Zoryu was like, oh, he's contemplating just killing all of the Salmon to solve his problem completely. That way they don't like rise up or something like that. And he's pretty much like, hey, I respect you, you know? I would do the same thing. But Kyoshi sent me here to threaten your life, and you know, I would do it. I would kill you in a second. <laughs> She's the uh, avatar, a... and I quite plain don't like you, so no big, yeah. no, no big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'll just read the last of this part. In <clears throat> more different voice. The man looked over his shoulder for a parting word. Some people in my country like to believe Avatar Yang Chen watches over them. But you, Fire Lord, I can assure you that the Avatar Kyoshi watches over you. Though you balled his fist. Oh, sorry. That's pretty much it. <laughs> you, you know now that if they ever make a movie out of this, that uh, Morgan Freeman has to play Lauga. And that's. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's interesting? He said he balled his fists, feeling the powerlessness infuriating him, made him slip into childish retorts because he is a, a child. He, he says, "She can't watch me forever." He yelled, and I wonder if that's also why Kiyoshi is like, "Yeah, I got to keep living. I got to outlive this guy by like a hundred years just to make sure his ancestors don't do anything too stupid." But the funny thing is, though, is like. <laughs> I mean, Kyoshi would have lived to see, uh, would have lived to see the Fire Lord before Sozin. Yeah, exist as as yeah. Fire Lord. Yeah. Which yeah. at that time that could have been like mid uh, mid uh, industrial like revolution version of or early industrial revolution of Fire Nation times, right? Because yeah. they're not there yet. We don't get much sense of that. Like. Mechanized, I don't think it really. I don't think it really gets there until Azulon. I believe Azulon was known for pushing. Well, no, I mean Ozai was mostly known for pushing, but I think Azulon kind of started it. Because I think, um, yeah. Uh, real quick question before we get into recap: Do we ever figure out? Uh, and I feel stupid for having to ask this, but I just didn't read it, or I read right over it, or whatever. Uh, did Yoon put the message in the side of the hill, or like who put the message? Uh, he did. He did, but he's just like stirring the pot. He wasn't. Uh, yeah, he he wasn't yeah, allied. Exactly. No, yeah, he had um, because it was kind of similar to how he used to like earthbend messages in in the earth with like little rocks, like yards away, hundreds that of yards away. That was like his trait, his thing that he's sort of known for. Even was doing yeah. fine messages. Yep. So, but his his motive was just to stir the pot, just to um, I don't know, maybe keep his targets where he could see him. 
not yeah, pretty much not affiliated with the Cephalon. Yeah, pretty much just keep Kyoshi on the ropes. Yeah. All right. Um, couple things. Would you change anything, or how did, did this book meet your expectations? Uh, you know, no, it didn't probably quite meet my expectations. But that sounds like a knock, and I just it was really, really close. Is the best. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to sound like too harsh of a criticism. Uh, but my expectations were through the roof. The previous one is like my favorite yes, we... book I've ever read. Well, <laughs> I think we were um, talking with Jamie like, oh man, what if there's conflict and stuff? And what if eventually um, Heron, not Heron, uh, Ranya has to become Fire Lord? To me, it was kind oh, of leading that, that been way so too. Because cool. I, I initially thought they were going to kill Fire Lord Zoryu and Chajin would take over. He would kind of be working with Yoon. Um, and then eventually Kyoshi would defeat him, and Rangi would have to take on herself to kill the Fire Lord, right? Going kind of against her, like her whole thing about between duty and, and justice, kind of. Exactly, yeah. And then she would have become Fire Lord, and then her and Kyoshi would have to be. They would leave on good terms, but they wouldn't be able to be together because one is the Fire Lord and one is the Avatar. Yeah, so it would leave on the, on the bitter. You know, she's a real avatar. Um, no, we had we had huge, uh, like, sort of world-shaping plans for this. And while there was some world-shaping things, it wasn't really physical realm shaping. Just sort of yeah. lore reshaping. So, yeah, not quite. How about you? Um, I, I love the book. I'll say that. But I think I loved it more so as an avatar fan. Why for the first book, I was like, this is just an amazing book. Like, it's the, my favorite book I ever read. Yeah, um, I feel like this book I love mostly because I love Avatar. It has a still a good story in there. I feel like Kyoshi grew, uh, grew, grew a good amount. I, I love her character development. I just <laughs> the I love how how weak she can be sometimes, even though she's the strongest person in the world. You know, um, which reminds me a, a lot bit. of. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually, it reminds me a lot of Korra sometimes. We. Uh... Hey, there's a fun coincidence of how those two might be connected. Tune in next week, or maybe the week after. Actually, maybe the week after that. You know what? We've got a re-ranking video coming up. Tune in whenever it happens. Um, but we talked about like different uh, genres all coming, like superhero having multiple genres. I kind of joked about it. Uh, but, you know, in a sense, this is more like a... Um, uh, this is more of a romance novel than anything probably like the biggest part of the novel at least the biggest crux of the novel is the relationship between friends um kiyoshi and yoon kiyoshi and rangi so uh whereas the first one was like action adventure high fantasy fiction so um yeah it's sort of a genre shift yeah um, so what were your favorite moments or favorite characters or revelations, whatever? I will say that the, uh, I'm going to separate most memorable moment is the one where I got super pissed at Kiyoshi for not following orders. Like that could have so easily gone the other way. Like Heron could have died and she could have let you go. And you know, like what, how would that have flipped the whole world on its head? All because she was stupid and it really made me mad. <laughs> But in a good way, like in an engaged with the book way, not a not a bad writing way. So that was my most memorable. Um, I would say my favorite moment was the one shortly following where she got the adorable the adorable family speech. 
the adorable family speech from Heron and that kind of forgiveness moment, that quick turnaround. So um, very intense couple of chapters there emotionally. I'll go ahead and say my favorite moment uh, to keep in line. Um, I definitely agree. My favorite moment is is the Heron <laughs> consoling Kyoshi breakup. It's amazing. Thing. It is amazing. I could, I could re- reread that. Just scribbling on the chalkboard and everything. Yeah. And my thing is, like, hey, Ron is almost frustrated at Kyoshi. Just like, Kyoshi, calm down. Like, it's it's fine. This former, like, this former, like, symbol of of power and and proper is now this cripple lady in a bed scribbling on a chalkboard to a bawling moron. Like, it was so, (laughs) just a really beautiful picture. Oh man, um, and I do love the I love the part of the fight where they put on their face makeup uh, with their blood. Baller. That's just kind of cool. And then, um, and then, uh, oh, every, everything with Avatar Quirk, with probably the second set of flashbacks that goes on. I think all the flashbacks with Avatar Quirk, because like to me, they all work really well in, in tandem together, and really tells his story. And I just have a newfound appreciation for Avatar Quirk. After, after this book. It was a slow build, but if I had to pick on those, I would absolutely pick the last one. Like, just finding out that Yang Chen is, was, was still part human, you know, and that the Avatar is uh, still fallible. So um, I would pick the last one from those. Which is interesting, I think, difference between the two books. Like, I, there was, to me, there was so many great um, action moments in, in the previous book, but also some great character moments. I feel like there's mostly just great, more great character moments in this book rather than the, yeah. the action. Even, you know, I kind of complained early on about the action, and then we mentioned that at a certain point where it's very pivotal, it's kind of hard to follow. So, yeah, just not <laughs> constructed uh, as well or in the same way. Yeah. But I bet, I, I bet, like, visual-wise, it would come out really great. Yeah, I can see that. I, I still want to um, see like Kyoshi like specific bending those guys up into the ceiling early on and all that stuff. But I said I keep yeah. I keep defending it by a different different style of book, different motive for the book. I get it. Um. Yeah. So that's uh that that's uh. Give Give me your final thoughts. thoughts. Like, give me your sort of your elevator speech recommendation or lack thereof. Uh, I mean, I highly recommend this book, especially if you read The Rise of Kyoshi. I mean, it's a good. It's not as good as that one. Also, it's a little bit shorter. It feels more like a amendment on onto the onto the uh, rise of Kyoshi, but still great. Avatar Quirk redeemed so much <laughs> in this book. I just love the lore of, of the Avatar, and being back in this Avatar universe is always good. Uh, being back and getting the headspace of Kyoshi, like going back and. And rereading this and going back through it, like Kyoshi might end up being my favorite avatar. I'm not talking my best, just my favorite. Right mm-hmm. now, it's Korra, Kyoshi. After Rise of Kyoshi, she was second. And then Aang. And then probably Yang Chin. And then Wan. Which I love Yang Chin even more now. Even though she's she's has more faults. That's like fine. I respect I, I her like less, character. but love her more a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially her giving that hug to, like, her embracing Kyoshi. Like, and it's read, like, if this was any other avatar, like Zeto or some other person, they probably wouldn't 
do the same thing that Yang Chen did. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your elevator speech. Oh, I kind of forgot. Anyway, if you love the world of Avatar, if you if you love both shows, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice and not reading these books. Like you are missing out. Um, yeah, I'd say it's worth even, so the relationships are the part that appealed to me the most, because there's just a lot of really good, deep, uh, layered ones in here, uh, but even if that doesn't appeal to you, I think you said it best earlier, uh, when, like, just for learning about Avatar Seto Kaiba, Avatar Jafar, Rozukin, um, just for learning about him and reshaping how we think about Yang Chen and Kurok, uh, there's, there's tons and tons of lore provided in this book so if that part of avatar interests you you should read it uh you should absolutely read it one way or the other even if no it doesn't quite stack up to the first and then my last final thing that i will pitch in it is there's like two spots in here where i was thinking that would be great you know if enough people watch this video to demonstrate to us that enough people read the book or are interested in the book i would say the what if uh you know what if um i can't think of his name Zoryu had been had been sort of plotting this from the beginning to overturn his soft guy image. It'd be a great what if. And then even like a what if Heirana died, because that was another part where I was like, she's going to die, <laughs> and then Kiyoshi is going to lose like her girlfriend and her bait. And then how is oh, that? Oh, and that is... I'm sorry. No, that's, I, <laughs> I think those would both make great what if videos if the audience uh, would be interested in that. I'll say that's another big difference between these two books. I feel like there's... There's more emotional weight in this because there's way more deaths that affected um, Kyoshi and the rise of Kyoshi. Um, Everybody dies in that book. That book is Game of <laughs> Thronesy in that sense. This book is more yeah. Game of Thronesy in other senses. Jianju killing Kelsang was um, was so freaking heartbreaking, and then you feel like Kyoshi's on top of the world. She she just beat Zhu, her and Rangi and Lek are just chilling and out of nowhere. Lek is like poisoned. He has an allergic reaction and he dies. Kyoshi has to watch him dying in front of her. So these are like, and also that relationship was built over the course of the book and they finally got to a really good place because they hated each other to begin with. Um, so there's way more vital deaths in, in that book. Way, way heavier hitting in that in that sense. And again, I'm just going to chalk that up to like an action, like a heavy action element. This one uh, it didn't quite hit in the same way. But if you want great fiction, read the first one. If you want great uh, Avatar uh, lore and info, read this one. And in the end, I think our recommendation is probably just read them both if you haven't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, a couple things. So uh, our reoccurring guest, <laughs> um, Jamie read the book. She didn't like it as much as the previous book. She had a couple of issues with it. If I can remember what the issues were, she, she didn't like it nearly as much as we liked it. Yeah, um, and there were specific think, points where she thought uh, certain things could have been done more more valuably or more meaningfully. Yeah, I think she was saying that the antagonist could have been a little bit better, maybe a little bit more Game of Thrones than Fire Nation, and it kind of dropped that um, aspect of it. Um, she she talked about how Yoon could have a story of of trying to become having better motivation about him still wanting to keep that avatar hood and him um, 
fusing with his own spirit, making him kind of a, in a way an avatar, but him wanting to replace Kyoshi. That was a little too been... like like Dragon Ball Z, like uh, what is like the Mega One Up, always the next big thing. Like that was almost too big for me. I was totally fine with with Yoon's motives as as they were. I think it's still damaged. So I disagreed with her slightly on that, but still an interesting topic of uh, we mentioned uh, we. You've talked about potential dual avatar in, in in one of your other videos before. I want to say, is it the one where you're talking about Korra uh, separating from past lives or yes. something? Yeah, um, uh, it was about Rava being split and fusing with like Janora. So it, you know, it would be interesting if that had been touched upon discreetly, like multiple times throughout Avatar lore. That would be cool, but I do disagree with her slightly on that one, at least. Um, but I agree with some of her points. Yeah, I don't have all them here, but well, and she's probably more literarily inclined than we are into like certain certain details and stylings. But uh, okay, so I also asked out to uh, some viewers out there. Got at least one reply that I can read. Time Lord Iro hashtag Black Lives Matter <laughs> BLM. Uh, so that's <laughs> shout Lord out to that person. Would read absolutely. Uh, he says, or she. I'm sorry. They say, I love seeing the Fire Nation politics all around great book that helps up to the quality. Uh, sorry, let me reread. I love seeing the Avatar Nation politics all around great book that helps up to the quality of the first. I also love that I have a reason for Korok's early death and why he didn't seem to do much. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That was my biggest takeaway. It was just Korok. Still mad we didn't even get to his actual wife that he met on the first day. Like, we just end knowing that, hey, he kind of loved Heron. Yeah. Um, why do I care about that? I'm getting all these notifications because I don't use my <laughs> tablet all that much. Mm -hmm. I got a bunch of NBA notifications on my phone and kept checking. Rockets won, if you're interested. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking the Facebook page to see if anybody commented there because it looks like uh, no, that's okay. Well, <laughs> uh, that's uh, I believe that's all. My favorite character was Kyoshi. Yeah, and I like the introduction of Jimpa. Mm -hmm. He was nice, not comic relief, but uh, relief from a lot of the intense uh, nature of the other yeah. characters. So, uh, yeah. In that case, final thoughts wrap up. Like I said, read read them both probably, or more importantly, after you know if you've read it and you watch this as well, uh, we would love to hear your overarching thoughts. Uh, let us know your thoughts and feelings. Um, again, I'd, I'd be interested to know if anyone would like to see those what if videos, either or or both. Um, it's always nice to have a few of those in our back pockets for weeks when we can't record. And thanks for hanging with us through like. This is going to be like almost three hours. So we'll see what happens after we edit it. We had a little break no. in between. Um, <laughs> I don't, Chris, I got to be honest. I don't know if my video editor is going to love the, the three hours. That might take all day. We'll see how that goes. This might be a Sunday. Might be our first ever Sunday release. Big deal. So, hey, that's all I got. Thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Read the books. Let us know what you think. Anything else? Nope. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. See you later.